1: This week in League, Jeff Tuvey dispenses some real talk on the NRL's trifling ass. The Roosters investigate the prospect of wheeling Luke O'Donnell out of the tunnel in a straitjacket every week. Joel Reddy jumps off a dying team and right into a dead team as he signs for the North Sydney Bears Reserve Grade sign. Plus, we preview all of the
2: action for round 24 of the 2013 NRL season.
1: All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 134 of this weekend league. I'm Nate and I'm Glenn. Okay, um, bit of feedback this week. A lot of feedback. A lot of fucking feedback this week. People but, loving the feedback. Oh, man, massive response to last week. Um, we put it out there for the uh, the grubs. We put out. I mean, admittedly, we spoke about probably you know the most known you know grub acts that we've seen. Certainly in recent you know in the last sort of you know fifteen twenty years, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of other people uh, come in, though, and, and give, some, give some ones that are, you know, a couple of smart asses as well, I suppose, but um, Annie O'Brien, at Annie O'Brien Twitter, um, Manly fan, Nathan Gillis, me, how could you forget Glenn Stewart versus Adam Blair? And she's exactly, on a, whole Manly team, grubs. She's on one-on-one fights, and yeah, well, I mean, I, I agree, I mean, Glenn Stewart had to con- combat some terrible grub and thuggery. With from, five Adam Blair, of his from, mate. from one, well, I mean, you know, it's it's not his fault. That, Six that, on
2: one, real talk.
1: Exactly, on Adam Blair's trifling ass. <laughs> and now look at Adam Blair, he's never been the same since. He He's actually forgot how to play football after that, that he suffered such a terrible beating. Um, it's Mitch RL, that's M1 TCH. I mean, fucking try and find that Twitter name, Mitchell. Missy Tulipapa. A a prowler on Alan Tongue a few years ago. Grub act. Do you you recall that one? I don't recall that one specifically. I remember the
2: one on Craig Wynn, which which started the prowler, Uh the whole
1: prowler. Phenomenal. And that does actually come up later on the show. Uh, Cole underscore 316. The biggest bad conduct on the field got to be Terry Hill spitting on everyone while he talks hash tigers in decline he did talk a lot of shit hash nation did talk hash a lot of shit Terry Hill <laughs> people loved you Terry Hill uh, you know <laughs> with the Ian Roberts thing the other week too
2: yeah I'll tell you <laughs>
1: the I mean, you're the man of accents accents fucking yeah, impersonations impersonations you're a master of disguise I'm a talented motherfucker Nathan oh, and you blend into roles <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, mostly the role of Carl Pilkington <laughs> yeah, but, but speech wise exactly. you could be anybody in the world
2: exactly right
1: Absolutely, man, man of illusion. <laughs> David Copperfield. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, 86 as you mentioned. You said, uh, speaking of prowlers, Riley Brown's prowler on Craig Wing, round one, 2008, was a major dog shot. Yeah. Everyone would be in agreement on that?
2: Wasn't that Craig Wing's first game for them? For the- uh,
1: possibly. 2008, such a long time ago. Feels like it was almost the end of... End of Craig Wing, wasn't
2: it? <laughs> no, but wasn't his first game for the Roosters?
1: Or first really? game for the Bunnies? Bunnies, maybe. I mean, like Roosters was—he was well and truly in the Roosters, yeah. you know, by then. Because he, he
2: started out at the Bunnies, didn't he? And he went to the Roosters, and then he
1: was like a Bunnies, like a, a junior, and then he went to, he went Roosters, to the Roosters, and, and then the then Bunnies he got wiped came out. Home. Yeah, and then he came and there was a whole oh, coming home, yeah, thing. yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Njbt Nathan Brown slapping Trent Barrett on the sideline. He's, well, gone, he's gone hash Twill Grub, hash Ike Brown. I don't know if it was a I grub act. I mean, like, act. yeah, he... It be, completely
2: fucking necessary. He had it
1: coming. Trent Barrett had it coming. Yeah. I mean, like the whole team did. He's only got two hands. Nathan Brown, he could be slapping all these bitches. On their traveling hands. <laughs> Benny 2-7. Billy Koala Slater. Not enough characters to list his shit human efforts. Agree 100%. The most protected player in league history, I dare say. You know, with his, uh, with his grubbery and... Uh, Hopefully one day he is uh, rubbed out for life. Essentially. Oh wow! And uh, and Freako Nine comes in and says, "John Hopewater, yeah, cool. No shit, <laughs> we mentioned him. I mean, he's got two, you know, probably three terrible acts on his <laughs> on his resume. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he damn near killed Poor that. On. He damn near killed that big sauce kid. <laughs> Fucking rubbed him out of the game for like two years, didn't he? Before his brains got unscrambled <laughs> enough to play again." <laughs> Forgot, forgot who he they played fucking, for and resurfaced at the West Tigers. And they hosed him up. off
2: the field and fucking put him pieced him back together with, you know, fucking cello tape
1: and a bit of clag glue and some pipe cleaners. Woke up in a cough and kicked his way out, fucking dug, his, dug out the dirt, pulled himself out of the grave. Forgot and now he... wants
2: to dive back in there because he's playing yeah. for the West Tigers.
1: Yeah. Forgot who he played for. The cemetery was closer to the fucking Leichhardt than it was to the Stryer. And, uh, so he just rocked up there and got Oh, hey, orange Chair. I yeah. guess i play for these guys. Anyway, you're a little bit slow on the uptake, Stevie. Keep up the good work.
2: You <laughs> could host me. a rugby league podcast shortly <laughs> with that kind of form. Yeah.
1: And we also had um, Douchebag 13 the other week, and uh, a couple of Douchebag 13s came in this week. And I just want to say, Beer Boy 182... Are you tweaking? This is his douchebag 13. <laughs>
2: Are you tweaking?
1: This is his douchebag 13. Number one, Minicello. Now, privately, we would understand, yeah, that's that's probably, you know, the story that we we're privy to. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Merit. Well, I don't know he's much of a douchebag. I mean, I've never met the guy, but I don't, it doesn't really strike me as a douchebag Not a particularly great state of origin representative, or I wouldn't call him a douchebag. Senators, Mitch Orbison. I, oh, honestly, I can't comment. I don't know what the fuck he like outside the that field. That motherfucker is so vanilla. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt King's the other centre. I don't even know if he's that what much of a What criteria are you basing this oh, on? I know. David Simmons on the other wing. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, <laughs> preaching like he does can be a little bit annoying. I mean, like, I don't follow him on Twitter, but...
2: I mean, don't, I'd, I'd have to politely, you know, refuse his, his efforts to, you know... Get into my house to spread the good word of the Lord. But I wouldn't say it's douchebag. I oh wouldn't call him douchebag. I'm just saying, you know, he's been led astray by a certain book. Six. Cat
1: hair. Oh. I don't think he's particular I mean his uncle. F- fucking his oath. He he'd be captain of douchebag thirteen. Yeah, I mean he's he's fifteen if he, it he is in fact he's he's the captain coach of the, the rugby douchebag fifteen. 15. <laughs> but um yeah, number seven. Cherry Evans <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, this this is the one. Get your truffling ass
2: off the drug. But
1: this is the one. This is. I mean, like, there's a lot of those. You just go, what the? Like, I mean, I think all of them pretty much have just gone. What the fuck are you thinking? Number eight. This is the one that's going to make you go. This dude is seriously high on crack cocaine. Manner. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, douchebag? About fucking Timmy Manner? I mean, unless he,
2: you have some something against. Who do you put? Like,
1: Before, ahead eyebrows. of him in the douchebag He just
2: wakes up in the morning and hates eyebrows. It's the only way he could fucking have anything against
1: Tim Manor. <laughs> I know, I know. Number nine, Danny Baderis. I don't especially think he's too douchey. Oh, wow, this guy just hates life. Ten, Ben Hannon. Again? Mean, multiple wires, magic underwear and all that sort of stuff, but douchebag? Oh, I don't think so. Still didn't get the magic underwear. Oh, remind me after the show. Actually, I forgot to explain it to you. I oh, know I forgot to explain it to you. Eleven, Tolman. What the fuck's he ever done? Twelve, Luke Lewis. What? I think he supports the Sharks. News for that. Luke Lewis is a god of rugby league. This one's got to cut. This one's got to give. This is going to cut me real deep. This is a straight shot straight to your ball bag. Liam Fulton, thirteen. Oh my god! Don't read any further. Sh- that's it
2: I'm going he only
1: has 15 he's only got two on the bench He does. so I obviously couldn't think of any more clean skins to add to this weird douchebag uh, George Rose <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll cop that he's not a douche he's, not, he's not nicest, one of the nicest guys you've ever talked to as well 15
2: no you know what he said what I'd never play for the Tigers I hate the fucking Tigers remember that when we said that yeah exactly yeah that's
1: right douchebag next rugby league immortal next <laughs> Jeff Robson <laughs> Uh, look, I can understand people Parramatta fans having to, having a, a, a you know rage against him. Or Cronulla, Cronulla fans as well. I mean, you know, bits of a Cronulla. He's actually you know, done some stuff. One actually won games for him, especially when Carney's injured. Um, coach Cartwright. <laughs> I don't really get it. I don't In understand. In a rugby
2: league universe that contains the names like Tuvi Stewart.
1: Well, if you want to think of coaches, Bellamy. Bellamy is like Meninga short, Meninga Bellamy and Meninga I, I don't think you could top those guys for me Could Jeff, you? Jeff Toovey Oh well, he's not a douchebag You fucking spoke You, you met Jeff Toovey Spoke to Jeff Toovey And he treated you I with shared, Far more respect than you deserved I
2: shared an elevator with Jeff Toovey <laughs> Quite frankly it was an awkward ride Because I wasn't wearing pants at the time But um, that's another story And
1: uh, Jeff said This is ridiculous
2: There needs to be an investigation Why you're not wearing pants in this elevator
1: so, yeah, once again, he was he was actually perfectly... These are supposed to be the
2: best underpants you've got. Are these the best underpants you've got? Seriously, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd heard that bullshit somewhere before. It was in the elevator with Jeff.
1: Car ride, though. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't I, just, I don't understand. There needs to be investigation into this douchebag list. <laughs> there really does. Um, Tiger underscore Benji. I don't even know why I'm reading this because he's such a fucking troll. I love him. He sent one and said, uh, Yo, TWI League. Hash a douchebag, 13. B. Stewart, Tafua, Lion, Matai, Williams, <laughs> Foran, Evans, Lawrence, Ballen, Kite, Wapno, R.O.G. Stewart, want a bench? <laughs> what a legend. You fuckhead. Um, okay, so uh, Twitter. Okay, so feedback came from Twitter. Uh, Sweet B said, uh, LOL at Glenn's reaction to the magic underwear. Hash, religious referential retard. <laughs> and, um, Machu. <laughs> what
2: about, Nigel's probably a Mormon. We'd know if you could ever, you know, date one woman, let alone multiple. Oh,
1: Matt i on with Fluffy Fish on the Burgess selfie. It's all our fault. <laughs> yeah.
2: Whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. You yeah. got it. Is your screen saver? Glenn, Shut Glenn, up.
1: Glenn was talking. Glenn was talking about his his you know, big luscious penis, and you went and clicked on it. I think that says more about yourself <laughs> yeah. and your proclivities than it does about Every Glenn. Every time I go to my fruit bowl, I think of that selfie because we know that this when you, Glenn I enjoy. Glenn has gone from latent homosexuality to blatant homosexuality. This in 2013. That's there's, there's nothing hidden about that. To, I enjoy you
2: know. a delicious banana and a couple of juicy apples. <laughs>
1: Okay. Unky D, who is uh, Dennis Valente of uh, Facebook uh, fame, still got an egg <laughs> as a profile. No, no, he's actually he's got a, he's dressed up as Hulk Hogan with a P like look looks like yellow cardboard cut out of the handle by a mustache, and he's like and he doesn't have twenty four inch pythons. He's got about three inch pythons. <laughs> he's like Hulk Hogan if he
2: was locked away in a POW camp,
1: yeah, Guantanamo Hogan, and I'm. Um, he said, uh, watching YouTube highlight clips of Benji. Once you get used to the black and white video, it's quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> tigers in decline. Hey, don't you defend Benji. What's he done to your side? Fuck you, Valente. your exotic name. <laughs> he's tore the heart and soul out of your side. M51 avoider. G saying, hash, Tigers in decline, just takes the fun out of it. Tigers in decline, in decline. S. <laughs> when Jax grows up and wonders why daddy is now married to a man, he'll listen to This weekend League and everything will fall into place. <laughs> <laughs> top tweet that um the Ben Z. thank you for giving me a theme song at long last hash Ben is a cunt hash young superstar tweets hash Ben Zed for guest host <laughs> fuck off man. he's come on he's come on fast you and have harder. got no hope
2: of ever getting your voice heard on this show he's, he's, having, a, he's, having, a, he's having
1: a he's having a Cherry Evans a rookie season he's <laughs> looking like he's gonna sweep him uh JR underscore buff I'll throw this question to Glenn could Takiri be this year's revelation hell. <laughs> He's played 80 minutes of football. He has, and did it's a marvellous job on Tied that. the game up at one point, I believe. <laughs> For a short period of time, yes. <laughs> and didn't, and I mean, I saw him, he, he, he did struggle under the high ball, but what? nothing that, Nothing to concede a try, I don't think. And um, otherwise, they weren't running billions of tries down his side of the field. No. They are all centre-right. Mm. They, weren't, they weren't so much him.
2: No, so. I, I thought, you know, as far as returns after a long layoff go, I think, I think
1: he'd done well, a great man. Yeah. And I think, having him, back. I think having him in the centres is probably a good, a good thing. He doesn't have the winger. I'd, like, I'd imagine he wouldn't be too pacey when you've got young guns and stuff, you know, in the mix now. <laughs> oh, he fucking,
2: he got around old mate
1: on the wing there. Yeah. burnt oh. past him. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was like veteran guile. Rather than pure speed,
2: <laughs> how he outrun him? How's he, that veteran guy? He, he, he
1: fucking he he, he he fucking made him think that he was going to do something different, so he just fucked his rhythm up. That's a, right. It was like an old man mind trick, okay. like some predator shit,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or Yoda, whatever.
1: Uh, who we got here? Banda Roja. The saddest thing about this hash tigers in decline season is the fact that you aren't even angry about it; just depressed. I fought it. I fought it for a long time. Yeah. Really
2: fought hard. Yep. And other people gave in and I kept fighting. The good fight.
1: You really did. And like last week I I it was noticeable for me too. Like when you the you know, when you gave up, I was like, Oh fuck. That kinda of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fuck, I should have done it earlier. When you still when you still have done it in week one. When you're still raging against the machine like, uh, on a blunt buzz. Uh, he's he's got a better use of blinded by the light. It is tigers in decline. They've ran out of juice. A wooden spoon is in their sight. Tigers in decline. What's the rest? <laughs> they ran out of juice. A wooden spoon is in their sight. Down. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> Unky D's back again and said, uh, "Well, it was actually in relation. <laughs> when are you going to tell your wife you're leaving her and moving into a grass hut in Polynesia?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: Guys, guys, you know, don't get carried away here. still love girls. Love them. Seriously. Really, I do. Guys.
1: <laughs> Tom Cruise. Uh, the Scarecrow 23. I to This Week in lead for the first time. If you continue to give it to Dashing Dan, you have a regular listener. Well,
2: it's something that I've learned from my time on Twitter and interacting with Dashing Dan. Um, I've learned a couple of things. Um, one, that he's a fucking hopeless cricketer. B, he's a cock, and no one on earth likes him. Um, it's not a hard thing to do to take the piss out of the man.
1: Well, there you go. And the, and the, the, I think you've just bought another week out of Scarecrow the Square. The Scarecrow Twenty Three, uh, Mad Cow's disease. Sunday Roast's crapping on about Kevin Gordon when this week in League uncovered his talents years ago. What, were they just his talents on the field or his talents with the mic? They weren't. They weren't talking about MC Kilogram. <sighs> They're, so they're, so yet,
2: they, so they're they, yet to pick up on those. Well, so skills. they
1: haven't actually uncovered his talents. It's basically they found the tip of the iceberg.
2: Yeah, they, I mean they've they've taken note of his part-time job mm-hmm. as a rugby league footballer, yep. um, but he's you know his primary occupation is is dropping sick beats, fat beats, fat beats. Dope. Sorry, I'm not gangster enough.
1: <laughs> sick beats. Yeah. I mean, he, he drops the sick beats when he plays out at Punchy. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot, <laughs> and um, and actually had another tweet. Um, I don't have it down here, but um, uh, someone who I apologise, f- I feel I don't have it in front of me. They asked us if um. They said on the Matty John show they were, they were calling, uh, <laughs> they were talking about uh, Campo and calling him Cat's Hair. Yes. And they're saying, "Did you invent that?" And I was like, "No, no." As far as I, if I can remember correctly, it was um it was Big Willie. It was you said, yeah, you said it was Willie Mason that said it, wasn't it? Yeah. Correct. So, so yeah, unfortunately we can't claim that. And then they said they started saying, "Well, I just want to check because they've been you know throwing Revelation around all the time as well." And that they definitely did steal. You're, well, you yeah. know, we know, are four years We didn't years invent of, the word, but. No, but we invented the context of the word in rugby league. As far as league. rugby league is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As we invented Tigers in Decline, provoke the choke. All right. And uh, where are we? Evil Conspiracy. He sent this tweet through and said, Why would they sell this? And a link to Fan Gear. And, like, we love Fan Gear. You won a free jersey off them a couple yep, of weeks ago? Sure did. I won a, f- a free jersey off them probably, you know, four or five weeks before you did. Um, the. T- <laughs> It's a Raiders dog bone chew toy. That's, that's magnificent. <laughs>
2: Unintentional humour
1: at its finest. Unintentional. And apparently uh, someone else chimed in and said, yeah, they got got uh, dog collars as well. So this is what happens when you blanket, just put team names and logos on just all sorts of fucking merchandise. Yeah. Sometimes...
2: <laughs> you should probably think about what you're putting out with the Raiders name on it.
1: So, if anyone can get one of these, if anyone, uh, I guess probably a, a UK listener, if uh, you want to get one of these Raiders things from Fangear, go to fangear.com, get one, and if you can get it signed by Monaghan, you fucking win. Like, everything at life. Not money, or riches. <laughs> Not riches, or but... fame or fortune. But our love and respect, and that's worth something, that's surely. That's priceless. Uh, Facebook, Chris Allen, our mate, uh, CO Photo 10 on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, he said uh, he's actually got something... Um, Serious topic. Hey boys, something that may be worthy of discussion is the amount of blokes wanting to break contracts these days for, quotes, personal reasons. Before we break each case down individually, I want to talk collectively the situation of players signing contracts and not honouring them, and the effect it is now having on fans. Many in the media are suggesting that it's a current generational trend. Gen wise who find it difficult to commit to anything more significant than buying the latest Xbox or Sony PlayStation. While this may be true, these young men are represented by brackets supposed smarter, more experienced player agents who should be advising these blokes on the positives and pitfalls of signing lengthy contracts. Naturally, if a club signs a player to a contract over many years, they're taking on a huge risk on the player's form, mental application to their job, and also possibility of injury. Yet it seems there's now... a. Sp- weight of cases where players are finding apparent sympathetic reasons to break contracts. It's not often you hear this, but I feel for the clubs here who for the most either nurture these blokes through junior ranks or are taking risks by signing them from other clubs for more dollars. If you look at Ben Barber's case, he's apparently leaving the Bulldogs to be with his kids. On paper, an admirable reason. I won't take the obvious line of this situation with his family being of his own making. However, what it is now becoming more prevalent in this story is his agent keeps telling journos that Ben is only on 400k down there. So are we getting to the crux of the matter here? Is Ben going for family or for money? The one positive here is that the Bulldogs are demanding to be compensated if he leaves, and in my opinion, uh, so they should, which brings me to Benji. A bloke with still two years to run on a contract who apparently has a handshake deal for an extension and an increase. Sorry, a handshake deal with former management? Unlucky son, maybe if you start playing with the form you showed over one and a half seasons a few years ago, now you might justify the contract upgrade, something that Benji has clearly not been able to do. So what business in any field would sign a person to a new, longer and more lucrative contract when their last good display was three years ago? And then Benji comes out and says, There's no way I would ever play against the Tigers and mention the word loyalty. Pfft. <laughs> <laughs> no team would even offer the kind of cash he was going to get at the Tigers. That's the truth of the matter. Law team, my ass. Did anyone see his blues video and heard his reasoning after it? The street hall is more loyal than Benji. I'll look at one more case. Ferguson now wants to move back to Sydney to be closer to his guiding light, unky Chock. I can't even be bothered writing about the real reason. Dugan. The fact that he may owe the Raiders is lost on this self-centered clown. The bloke is a train wreck. Unfortunately, with massive football ability. So all this in mind, it's hard for the common fan these days to show any real love for players. Particularly as it seems it takes one bad day, one argument with the coach, or one shit decision for them to want to pack up and leave. Anyone who gets their favorite player's name on the back of their jerseys rolling the dice these days outside of maybe Robbie Farrar. Ever wonder why it's only superstars who seem to have these personal issues that require them to leave clubs? Good luck to the first Pomeroy or Ben Roberts who says, I need a release for personal reasons. Off you go, son. Best of luck. <laughs> Sorry for the rant. I seriously could have gone on for longer. And he's got in brackets, SBW, Milford, Dugan. But this has gone on for long enough. But I will ask one more thing. What if the club started putting it in a clause that if you leave before contracts end, you must have 12 months off all paid sport like Gordon Tallis what then I'm tipping players with whinge that it's a restraint of trade blah 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 loyalty is dead long live loyalty wow I thought that was excellent
2: all valid points Um, I think I think the Gen Y argument is is a strong one Mm -hmm. Um, and I've encountered a few um, and and have been directly responsible Um, for the employment of some of uh, Gen Y's finest, and it, it's a fucking different generation, and yep. it makes you feel so old when but, you, you're thirty. You know, I'm thirty six this year. Yeah. They want to be the CEO in in twelve months. You're thirty six. You started. I um, started. You know, ploughing my. You know, line of work when I was sixteen. Yeah, and. I often tell the story that my first job was working in a warehouse at a parts place, and for the first three weeks of my employment, I put fucking new bolts and nuts in every shelf on every uh, parts storage rack in the entire fucking place. Yep. Eight hours a day for three weeks straight. Yep. And you fucking complain once. You know why? Because I had a fucking job, and I was 16. That was pretty crazy, too, anyway. Fuck that! That's my fucking bit. shit work. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it for very, very little money. But you see, sometimes now I see these eighteen, you know, nineteen, twenty-year-olds. They come in to a warehouse situation, zero skills, mm-hmm. zero experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to do that. And Tough they get, tip. you know, in a, in a, certainly in my former employment, um, they get lunch provided for them every Friday. I bought. Lunch, yep. you know, like Thai, Chinese, whatever. Um, you know, an environment that's very conducive to you know being able to be pushed up the line fairly quickly if you mm. work hard and, and show a bit of respect for mm. senior management, etc. Um, but yeah, just shit attitudes. The first thing that doesn't go their way, um, you know, they want it, exactly that, like he says, they want to pack up and go home, yeah. Um, and Fuck off! We encountered several of them. I haven't had too many in my um. It had much to do with too many Gen Y issues at my current employment. But you know, as far as the football world goes, you, it's it's amplified. You know, to the nth degree. Given that these guys aren't people with no skill, um, yep. and aren't otherwise unemployable. There, at the end of the day, that these guys that do become superstars, um,
1: regardless as, as um. Although that, they are probably close to unemployable outside of that chosen industry. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's no doubt about that. But it's certainly in their field of choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah they're absolutely. in high demand. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as he says, there, you know, like <laughs> outside of their football ability, some of these guys are fucking literally train wrecks. Yeah. You know, you look at some of the, the things they get up to, and
1: and it's oh, we're young, and but no, I was young. and they're being paid like you know. Minimum, you know, sort of like five times, exactly. What, like a kid, you know, unskilled, you know, kid of that age coming into the workforce would probably yep. get.
2: And you know, they have to. Oh, poor them! They have to train twice a day, and in between, oh, they fuck. get, you know, six hours off
1: or whatever every day. Oh, oh the, pre- the precious little ones. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I just, you know, I wonder about the parenting. I wonder about the the, you know, significant role models. Um, in their lives uh, and guiding them and advising them you know that this is acceptable sort of behaviour mm-hmm. and that's, it, that goes for their player managers as well um, these guys are supposed to be you know managing these guys not milking them dry
1: exactly um, and they're looking for their 10% or whatever exactly and ducking in hard
2: at, at the end of the day a player manager they, they look at every contract and, and try and maximise it but if you have some of these guys where they go bounce from one club to another, and they, you know, from one disaster to the next, yeah. you know, you could have a guy that earns really great money for five years, yeah. or you could have a guy that earns really, you know, really great money for ten or twelve years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, imagine Darren Lockyer's manager.
1: Yeah, love and life.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like
1: well, a guy like Beeve, even a guy like Thurston. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Still cranking along, is it funny? And, and what, are the, what are the, you know, those guys all have in common? Long stints at, at single clubs, mm. despite offers and, you know, the rest of it. Sure. Um, also, they... what else they have in common? No real fucking train wrecks outside of their football career. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thurston's had a couple of incidents, and I mean, Lockie had some Lockie very had minor, one, very gun minor gun sort one. of ones. Uh, Beaved nothing, but I mean, generally speaking. They didn't have anything where it was like, "Oh fuck, this guy could you know he he could get sacked depending on yeah. what the board says on Tuesday." Exactly. I mean, i were never anything like that. So, you know.
2: very, um, you know, it's it's a it's a fucking minefield for the club, you know, and it, and unfortunately, it's it's the the club that has to deal with the issues that couldn't can be left high and dry after spending, you know, countless resources, um, you know, time, money, energy. In bringing these guys up through the ranks Mm -hmm. And they, you know, hit the big time Look look at Milford, no one even knew who this kid was Not fucking three months (laughs) ago Played half a dozen games Yeah Um, Canberra's obviously identified him as a talent Brought him up through the ranks Now he starts killing it All of a sudden, oh sorry Might head back to Queensland You know, I'm a bit homesick And, you know, I'm sympathetic As far as, you know, the health of his father And all the rest of it, but there's so many ways that that can be managed and
1: and outside of of him just walking out on the club yeah yeah exactly and you know and, and also it, it, there's a lot of i guess you know credibility in the wider community a lot of uh you know credit within the club and you know that's what sort of, there's a lot a lot of benefits to actually you know fucking trying see, to make see, it work <laughs> seeing out a <of> contract <laughs> fancy yeah. that i mean it's a novel concept i know but there it is exactly right catwatch this week Mr. Wars again on cat watch duties while Bernard JKD's on holiday in New Zealand I'm sitting riding this naked on a cold fake leather couch it feels nice on my man bits I mention this because it's more exciting than anything that happened in the London Broncos versus Huddersfield game the Broncos going down 26-12 at home I'll let Eleanor Fargeon, an English author have the final say in cat watch this week she may have died in 1965 but it's like she knew the man personally and we have some, a poetry, oh, some poetry now this is cultural as shit He's nothing much but fur and two round eyes of blue. He has a giant purr and a midget mew. I think mew means vagina. He darts and pats the air. He starts and cocks his ear when there's nothing there for him to see and hear. He runs around in rings, but why we cannot tell. With sideways leaps, he springs at things invisible. Then, halfway through a leap, his startled eyeballs close and he drops off to sleep with one paw on his nose. <laughs> I think if that is not the, the biography of Jamie Soward <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm not here That's Coc- it
2: Cocaine's a powerful drug <laughs> uh, i tell you that Sam has clearly been top shelfing copious amounts of cocaine
1: That's I, what I'm saying. I, I, I have not heard a better description of Jamie Soward ever in my life than that so thank you very much Eleanor Farjon, and I hope uh, death is treating you well because you, you know, 50 years ago you died um, Okay, further story on Cat Watch was sent to us via email this week by someone who will call Mr. X because they did not want to be identified <laughs> said, if you choose to use this story can you not say I sent you this email please a female friend of mine went to a Dragons game with her friends after the game they met up with Saur and invited him back for a party Saur went back to her house and hooked up with one of her friends and etc. And etc. Yeah. When Sia was leaving, he asked my friend to get rid of the condom but never told her where it was, so she had to search her parents' room for it and found it in one of her dad's shoes.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fucking What? One more line. This happened after he became a born-again Christian. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, much oh, wrong with that story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's on that thought that <laughs> we'll wrap up feedback this week. Thank you very much, everyone, for your input. <laughs> Kicking off with a bit of clock news. The uh, Tigers. This one came out late this afternoon. The Tigers unlikely to offer Lottie a new deal. Uh, the former Kangaroos and Wallabies star sat down with club officials last week and told he should start looking around if he wanted a similar if he wanted similar terms to the lucrative deal he's currently on. Despite coming towards the end of his career, Takiri wants to continue playing and believes he can still make a contribution to the NRL. He's quote, "I still have something to offer. I will always back myself and my ability. If the body's not right, I'll give it up. But at the moment, I feel pretty good. I haven't made a decision on next year. I'll play out the next few weeks and go from there." As a Tigers fan, your thoughts.
2: Some hard decisions being made in Tiger Town at the moment. Um, I love Lottie, but the fact remains that since 2010, mm-hmm. the output hasn't been great. 2011
1: was okay. No hat tricks or anything. To certainly speak
2: zero hat tricks. Um, but that all that aside,
1: since um, Namibia in rugby certainly,
2: certainly last year, last season, and this this year as well, um, just been horribly cruel by injury for him, and um, you know that may or may not be a, a sign of what's left of his career, but. Um, you know, with with nofa Simona, Corey Betty, um, and you know the the perplexing, let's say, decision to sign Pat Richards from England. Um, it's probably not a lot of room for Lottie on the money that what, he is currently on.
1: What about if he
2: was to be completely free of injuries? Not on the money that he's on. All right. What because, about you know? At the end of the day, that money could be better spent upgrading Noffa and Corey Betty. Yeah. Where you get ten years, or you know, between five and ten years out of those guys, when you might get two out of, out of Lottie.
1: What about Lottie, as in, in in terms of like a like an elder statesman role? Like a, I know a have, like like yep. Joe Nulovau, for example. Yep, was very good influence on the youngsters at the club. As is as is
2: Lottie. Yep, um, I would love to see Lottie stay on in some capacity and be remain involved with the club, even if he's not playing.
1: Put him in the pack. <laughs>
2: Put him in the front row. <laughs> Why not? It's good enough Adam Blair. Cosi Grotto ain't making many meters, Exactly is he? right.
1: <laughs> on the bench um, or in the sick wood.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see Lottie um, stay on and, and remain as part of the club, but I, I think he probably uh, sees he's got a, a little bit left uh, as a professional athlete and, and he wants to probably pursue that, whether the Tigers um, can facilitate that and, and then post... Footy, he can remain um, around the club as a mentor to the young guys. Um, certainly the young um, Polynesian and Pacific <laughs> Islander kids. Yep. Um, you know, where, you know, he is... Having been to Fiji not all that long ago, like, even then, like, he was still fairly well revered to any... You know, whenever you spoke to anyone about him, and obviously I talk about Tigers a lot <laughs> when I was in Fiji. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's... There would be a lot to, for him to offer, given his experience um, and he's, you know everything he's done, both in Rugby League and Rugby Union. Um, it's a valuable commodity off the field.
1: All right. About four minutes on that article is, is definitely not clock-worthy, clock so I may, may abandon the clock this week. The next one, uh, Ben Barber has been subjected to dreadful abuse on social media. Who by?
2: Bulldogs fans. Bulldogs
1: fans. Um, including threats to his daughters. And the Bulldogs fans are turning on him. And, um, you know, the way this article is, they paint it like, oh, they're turning on him for wanting to be near his family. Well, no, they're turning on him for, you know, bre- breaching his contract to, you know, to go to another side, presumably on more cash. Uh, and a side that's, you know, a, obviously a fairly intense rival because, you know, the Brisbane Broncos have traditionally, you know, done fairly well. So on Sunday night, he posted a photo of a beach on Instagram captioned with, Mr. Queensland weather, hash, a beautiful one day, hash, spectacular the next. It was viewed as a taunt by anguished Bulldogs fans who relentlessly abused the superstar fullback. He was labelled a maggot, lowlife scum, and was hiding behind his kids, a shameful act. Some of his followers were adamant his recent posts were deliberately antagonising bulldog supporters. Someone said, hurry up and fuck off, the Bulldogs stuck by you, and don't say it's for the kids because you didn't care about them when you were out on the rack and partying with EBC Epic Bender Crew, one post said. And I actually, I mean, I, you know, I kind of agree with the sentiment of that, to be perfectly honest. But then there was another one that was like, you know, threatening kids and stuff like that. And I don't condone that at all. I don't all. condone that at all. I, I, I can... I, I always, always condone good-natured uh, trolling and uh, having a joke. Case in point, like someone like Joel Thompson, take it like a champ, said some dumb shit, got called on it, came back and like, you know, and yeah, everyone's mates. Yeah. That's how you handle it. These guys obviously... You know, getting—I mean—I I can imagine what it would be like to be hammered. You know, even if it was like a hundred tweets in—in in sort of a, an afternoon or something, of people just going, "You yeah, know, you're fucked." I mean, that—you know—it's not great. And I don't think that it's something that should happen to—to to sports stars. But I do think it's probably until you—you know—unless you take things like you know you get racism and like uh, you know family abuse and stuff like that out of the equation, but just general sort of abuse, I think that's probably. You know, part it go, the goes with the, terri- yeah. the territory a little bit. I think as a as a public figure and sports star, it probably happens to every you know, everyone at one stage or another. From your own teams, if you have a shit game, or from opposition fans, if you have a great game and cane them, you know. I imagine it happens all the time, and to to an extent, I think it's part of the. You know, it is part of the territory. But yeah, you can't go on about the kids and shit like that. That'd fucking drive me wild too. That's fucking rough. Yeah.
2: Um, that is an interesting point um, when he was out. You know, as part of the EBC, mm-hmm. um, as in there wasn't a lot of regard for his family then,
1: and arguably, you know, could have contributed to the demise of his of his exactly. relationship, etc. Having et cetera. said
2: that, given everything that's gone on, you know, I would imagine that he is trying to, you know, mend those fences and and rectify that situation with his family, <laughs> yeah. and that's probably yeah. part of, yeah. you know, if you can look at it purely from a, a compassionate um, point of view. Um, and take some of the. Um, I don't know what the word is, but if you can, you know, put aside the fact that if he does go to Brisbane. Like it's to be parochial stuff, yeah. It's, it's going to be for an upgraded deal, which seems a little bit. Yeah. You know, it seems a little convenient for my liking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get that they're pissed off, but I just don't know what you get out of that.
1: Yeah, and I think, and if, and if he. And you know what? He does have it in his game on social media. To give it back and make matters worse for himself, but you know, actually, f- f- you know, hitting, fighting back, and really? like being a smart ass, yeah. So you know, sometimes I mean, <laughs> I think you got to let some of that shit go through to the keeper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't let him see you, ble- you know, don't let him see you bleed all that sort of shit. Just, yeah. just say, like, fucking whatever, block, move on with your life. We've had this discussion on it's about social exactly. media and shit before. Um, Milford's copping it too. <laughs> An example of what he's copped is a. Uh, Anthony Milford carrying on like a good sort. You played eight grades games, if that, hash, first-grade games, if that, hash, suck it up, princess, hash, break a leg. <laughs> was one of the several oh, yeah, abusive all... messages to his Twitter account. <clears throat> That's probably not on. I mean, you know, we don't like to wish injury on anybody. And, like, let's face it, there's fucking players that we loathe, but we still won't wish injury on them.
2: No, exactly right.
1: Or celebrate them when they get an injury.
2: No, definitely not. I just think... Yeah, fuck, there's still got to be... You know, you might not agree with what he's doing, um, and I don't necessarily agree, um, you know, for a guy that is very much at the start of his career um, asking for a release from a contract with a club that, that is giving him every opportunity to, um, you know, make a serious living in the game um, in order to, you know, go back home, probably on an ungraded deal again.
1: <laughs> well, this is, this is the thing. Players, you know, they have their training, and they, you know, they have a you know, day off, you know, after following games and stuff, you know, they have time off. They have, like, you know, their equivalent, you know, to a weekend in quotes. Um, All I know is,
2: may God rest my father's soul, mm-hmm. if my dad was ill, mm-hmm. and I obviously lived interstate, yeah. if I had flown and moved back to Sydney because he was ill, just to be by his side, I can guarantee that Bruiser would have said what the fuck are you doing? What if it was
1: on more money than you're on in Queensland? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what we've got to go apples with apples here. Otherwise, in that case, probably would have said,
0: how about that
2: upgraded deal? (laughs) Spot on champion. I'm very ill. Please pass me into his old. (laughs) Cough, cough.
1: And yeah, the other thing is, I mean, Milford, uh, you know, wouldn't be on a, a massive amount of cash, but no doubt he'd be up for, you know, upgrades and everything based on performance. Um, Jet star, Virgin, hundred bucks. Go up on your day off. Spend a day with your old man. Do your job. Because let's face it, you know, I love my kids. I, you know, see him. We put him in the bath. Put him to bed each night. I'm kind of fond of my kids, but too. I don't see him all fucking day every day. Mm. You know, there's times I have to do my job. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, do your job, and use your fucking outrageous earnings mm. for what you do. To fucking throw down a you know throw a monkey on a fucking plane ticket, fly up, spend a day or spend a day, fly back the next day. Imagine
2: in like American sports, we have draft and stuff,
1: uh, and and they're getting thrown to geographic areas could be fucking miles away from where they fucking, you know
2: you know
1: <laughs> they go to colleges miles away from yep. you know depending on exactly. how they, yeah yeah I hear you. I hear you. I hear. Oh, soccer players go to other fucking countries entirely. No, exactly. You don't hear them getting hyped all the time. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but you don't hear them getting hyped all the they, time.
2: They do go for quite substantially upgraded deals. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is the thing: they get transferred without their fucking, you know, without having to say in it too a lot of the time as well. Exactly. You know? Like just uh, little so chess yeah, pieces sold. Yeah, sold. <laughs> yeah, you know, we get. You know, we transfer you, you for you We get compensated millions of dollars, yeah. and yeah, you. I mean, you're getting like a hundred thousand dollars a fucking hour, but <laughs> suck it up, princess. You're living in Turkey now. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, breaking news that happened. This is lucky it made the show, to be perfectly honest, because I had finished all all my notes for the show uh, this week, just got back on Twitter for some reason, and then I saw a, a tweet from a newspaper, David Ferner sacked. I was like, wow, you just snuck in, Raiders. <laughs> Top job. The Canberra Raiders, this afternoon, sacked David Ferner. He was told his services were no longer required by his brother, CEO Don Ferner. He finishes immediately
2: and Speaking will- of Don, that's a fucking <laughs> real Corleone move. Oh,
1: fucking oath. I knew it was you, Fredo. He finishes immediately and will not coach the Raiders side this weekend. Furner said he was shattered by the decision and the fact he's become the first coach in Raiders history to be sacked. It's obviously a results-driven game, and we've lost our last three games, he said. It's still terribly disappointing after all the work I've put in. Relations between the coach and leading players at the club, including much of the senior leader group, have deteriorated in recent weeks, coming to a head following the Raiders' disappointing loss to Canterbury on Saturday afternoon. It's understood the players held a private meeting last night where it was decided they could no longer believe they can work with Ferner. It was the second gathering of players in days. The first came following the Canterbury loss when Ferner heard whispers there was dissatisfaction amongst the playing group. He called a meeting and asked players to air their grievances, but despite concerns they could no longer work, work with the coach, no complaints, which means that leadership group of fucking cats. Ferner then organized a short stay away from the players, away for the players, and himself in a bid to rebuild relations. Ironically, the sacking happened while Ferner was away with the players in Batemans Bay, which he had organized to rebuild relations. <laughs> the crisis board meeting came after a second wow. players meeting last night involving nine senior players. It was organised by the leader group. Nine senior players. Okay, so let's just say that's <laughs> over half of the fucking first grade <laughs> side right there. Eesh.
2: not cool. What's the average age of the senior playing group? If there's fucking nine of them in a side that's that young, half <laughs> yeah. of them played under everyone, twenty-three years every,
1: ago. Everyone, everyone that didn't play in the in the uh, in the two thousand and eight <laughs> Toyota Cup Grand Final. You're dead. Yeah, yeah. Look,
2: you'd have to say that
1: it's been coming for a while. It's taken longer longer than uh, anyone expected. I mean, in fact, even probably a year longer than anyone expected. And I suspect he's
2: been fairly well protected by his brother. Yep. Um. Because Canberra is the Tasmania of the NRL, um, where everyone's related. I just. Uh, I don't know how they held on so long, to be honest. They've had some horrible results in recent years. Um and some positive stuff too, but some of the the um goings on with the players as well. Um, yep. I think um the Ferguson Dugan things, um those sorts of situations, you know, they take their toll over yep. the time and, and and you know, this whole thing with Ferguson now requesting a release and I guess um you know the rot has to stop somewhere yep. he's probably shown his support um he's being a Ferguson supporter if i'm not uh, mistaken so you know maybe the senior playing group
1: is like why are you defending that sorry why are you defending that drunk yeah. and fucking the embarrassment yeah. you
2: know cuz i mean <clears throat> based on what we know from the from the media reports um it seems like a bit of a douchebag certainly mm-hmm. in public probably yeah. no different in private probably worse um and probably doesn't strike a chord with guys that have been at the club for a considerable amount of time, come up through the 20s. Yep. Um, and, you know, a, a other cornerstone of the club at the moment. Um, and they probably have every right to speak their mind. Interesting that he's the first coach ever to be sacked,
1: given some of Canberra's early years. Yeah, yeah. Well, even given, like, Mal? Chicken yeah, the did. shit. Did he not get the ass? No, oh, clearly he, not. I've, I've been positive that he, yeah. You know, but there you go. Yeah. Um, look, I I want to speculate and say, do you think that we have seen Ferguson play his last game for Canberra already?
2: Well, there's been reports that he he has a clause in his contract that allows him to leave if Foon is not there. I don't know how much. Before that, he wants there. to get
1: out too. I mean, he wants yeah. to be closer to to Anthony Mundine. <sighs> Which is just ridiculous, but, you know. And
2: that's even fucking more ridiculous than the whole Milford and Barber situations. Short
1: drive. It's Short East Drive. F- fucking a Fucking Canberra to Sydney. Yeah. What's what? it, three hours?
2: How desperate could you be to live with Anthony Mundine? Yep. It's a couple of hours.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Anthony Mundine spends vast amounts of, of his time overseas. If, if he's got a fight, he's got a fight. Unconscious. Account. Unconscious. Um, you know, on TV you know, in television studios, talking himself up. Yeah. Um what's what's gonna happen? Blake's yeah. sitting at Anthony's house going, Oh fuck, I'm a bit lonely. Wants yep. ring chalk. Yep. He's overseas, or he's you know, on TV Guy, talking I'm, shit.
1: I'm fucking I'm hanging for a schnitzel. You hear that story? The other thing was the other thing with Ferguson is there was thoughts that perhaps He had been drinking again, which must be clearly against his, you know, terms of, you know, his soft re-entry back into Canberra side after all the shit he's done. Anyway, Anthony Mundine's defense was, he wasn't drinking, he was just having dinner there. He likes pub food. He likes stuff like schnitzels. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't drinking, he was just there eating. fair enough. I mean, we all love a good schnitty. (laughs) What a shame. I mean, he could... It's fucking salary cap and everything I mean he could be he could be fucking centre for the West Tigers next year if Farrah kept his restaurant open exactly right could Robbie, have paid him a third, third party third party sponsors probably the
2: greatest tiger snitty I've ever had can I move in with you <laughs> <laughs> can you be my mentor <laughs> what a fucking joke what an, what two what hours a, what jump in your fucking Volkswagen Beetle and drive up the fucking highway you cat
1: yeah. Now this one, um, he, he has confirmed he was at the pub. He was in the Sutherland Shire on Saturday night, just hours after missing the Raiders, lost to the Bulldogs.
2: The Sutherland Which is in Canberra. What the fuck's he doing?
1: I know. At the I, Sutherland Shire. I, I can't believe he's allowed to freely walk around without being killed. How in the shit
2: is the snitzel
1: in Canberra if you've got
2: to drive to the Sutherland Shire? Furthermore,
1: how shit are the residents of the Sutherland Shire after the shit he said about their club on the way out? Exactly. He should be. He should be. You know, beaten on sight. He- he shouldn't be able to walk the streets. He should have been dished up a glass mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so um, they're investigating that he was uh, at... at um, it says they're also investigating that he was at Canberra nightclub mooseheads
2: until, like a classy joke. until
1: the early hours of Saturday morning. Um, he, he had an ultrasound on Friday. That revealed a small tear in his quad. But... Um, recommending he undergo a last gasp fitness test on Saturday morning and um, so they're saying there's all this erratic behaviour as we said means he might want to get out and move closer to Tim Um what a fucking
2: just, head you, case that guy is
1: you just you just read his stuff and you're just like despair like what <laughs> so Milford I mean uh, the Canberra they still have the Milford situation they're saying he's been linked to move to the Broncos in 2015 but his management wants it to happen next season um Milford has told senior Raiders players, allegedly, that he is under immense pressure from his management to make the move. So this goes into what you were saying earlier. Mm. His parents are staying with him in Canberra. Uh, His parents
2: are staying with him in Canberra.
1: What a novel idea, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. His dad's name's Halo. That's an epic name. Halo's a pretty cool guy. I'm not even going to go into that meme because you'll just be (laughs) blank-faced and not know what I'm talking about. Listeners know what I'm saying. Um... (laughs)
2: Speaking of referential retardness, yeah, yeah, I was um, on the phone doing some business dealings with uh, Tiger Underscore Benji today. Yeah, and um, I needed some parts for a Hercules trailer. Yeah, and he's like,
1: Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah,
2: he's yeah. like, I shouldn't probably do that because there's no fucking way you'll get it. your referential retard. <laughs> was he right? Yeah. So you
1: still don't know what it is. Nah.
2: But all I'm saying is... I'm man. here trying to line oh. that motherfucker's pockets.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spending dollars with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's the company he's employed by.
2: Yeah, indirectly. I'm paying his wages. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Trickle feed, but whatever.
1: <laughs> so maybe in return, Just maybe... Just motherfucking respect. He'll, he'll, he'll fucking line you DVD of The Nutty Professor, starring Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I would never watch any of those movies. <sighs> Tiger's in the crisis. (laughs) The West Tigers need an urgent cash injection of $1 million to survive. They need a fucking hot beef injection is what they need. Something powerful stakeholder West Ashfield will only provide in exchange for control of the Joint Ventures Board. The embattled club has come to the most critical crossroads of its turbulent history with the Magpies' side of the partnership no longer prepared to provide funding without greater control. And this is the weird part. They steadfastly want to remain in partnership with cash-strap partners Balmain, but West have demanded an extra director on a reduced nine- or seven-man board and the chairmanship for three years in exchange for new funding to remain solvent. The funny thing is the Wes say that after the three years, you can have control back again. <laughs> I'll be like... This is why West. This is why they're such a shit team. They fucking kill instinct. Manly are like North. If you want to join with us, we go. We shit. We players. So we money.
2: And we still call ourselves manly. And, and you just literally
1: die. The fans are gonna. The fans are gonna chant manly at the games, but you're gonna have to understand that. And and, and P.S. Fuck off. We manly again. <laughs> and the fans are like sounds like a good deal. Yeah, yeah, look. What's that? What? <laughs> back of the head <laughs> but meanwhile Wes are like look we'll give you a million dollars we'll have control for three years but you can have a backup to that We'd, and we still want to be a partnership. this is the time for the Maggies to make their triumphant return
2: <laughs> triumphant
1: well triumphant There wasn't
2: in, a lot of triumph happening in the western suburbs
1: but triumphant in the sense that they return <laughs> and they win, the, they win the JV wars like Manly did before them and like St. George haven't been able what to what do...
2: What do West Tigers tattoo?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that is, that's true. Uh, that was a 2005 thing, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> good point. I'll get another man, but It's all good. Um, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's a bit... Um, I can just see the Balmain side for, based on some of their comments. Yeah. I see the Balmain side digging their heels in and making this a way bigger issue than what it needs to be. At the end of the day, need the cash. only... Cash is only available from one source. It's a fucking no-brainer.
1: And West is being extremely fucking agreeable in terms of, yeah. you know, the terms around it and that kind of thing. You know,
2: in Westy fashion, because, you know, it's not often that Westy's um, come into money, yeah. right? West Ashfield got a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. And you know you've made it when you when you can order a second um, beef hot pot, right? <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know in uh, in, in Westy speak.
1: Yeah,
2: So... They'd be like there with all like trashy, tacky sort of fucking showing off their wealth, like Westies do.
1: Upgrading to the menthol cigarettes.
2: Menthol ciggies, um, you know cufflinks on their flannels.
1: Upgrading to Woodstock from early times.
2: Old crow, slate. <laughs> <I'm> fucking slate. <laughs> We're going classy tonight. We're going classy. Um, you just. I can just see, you know, that the Bowmane folk are going to take exception to these cashed-up Westies and dig their heels in and uh, are going to make guns of themselves in, situ- in a situation where they really just need to roll over and and allow yeah. nature to take its course. So
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't know the way you should feel about it. You should feel like I did in the early 2000s where I thought, holy fuck, my team could come back here it's a shot. But
2: that's just it. <laughs> I have a team. And, and I've, you know... For better or worse, and fuck, it's been hard at times, but imagine am really
1: attached. Imagine how fu- It'd be like fucking. It'd be like the end of, like, you yeah, know, Return of the Jedi. Fucking Bruiser would be over there and like his like little a hologram. Little, little hologram ghost thing, like just, just fucking beaming. In his old fucking Maggie's jersey. He would. Footy shorts. A little bit too small, but you know.
2: <laughs> Meeting two <laughs> beds hanging yeah. out the
1: side. <laughs> Fucking two years old. Jersey looks like it's been painted on poorly. Yeah. Just sitting there, just with with massive, a massive, smile on his face. He'd love it, like a like a like, like a West like a Westy fucking Ben Kenobi.
2: <laughs> Westy Ben Kenobi,
1: <laughs> sensational. Um while we we're on the Tigers, uh, reportedly they're looking at getting a specialist halves coach to mentor the talented youngsters they have there. And um, they're still reviewing the coaching structure. They pretty much arseholed everyone, or they had people, you know, leaving like Roycey, uh, Steve Georgialis, and uh, Andrew Leeds. Um, what about everyone that's been associated? Like
2: David Ferner was assistant to Sheenzy at this for the Australian job. That
1: guy's like six degrees of shit coaching, wasn't he?
2: Fucking <laughs> <laughs> everyone that's touched him is just dying a slow, painful death.
1: Yeah. Um, they, they want to ensure that uh, Luke Brooks, uh, Mitchell Moses, and uh, Curtis and have someone for guidance as they establish themselves in the NRL.
2: And who um, do they turn to, Nathan?
1: Well... It's not that, they have, not that they, you know, Grant Mayer said it's something we're looking at. Blocker, Blocker Roach, has done some work with us this year from a forwards point of view, and he may do a bit more next year. One of the things we're looking at is getting a halves coach as well. We haven't spoken to anyone yet, but it's one of the models we're looking at for next year. Now, um, the Tigers use Damian Hill as a part-time kicking coach, but some people at the club, no names, want Fittler to come on board. He's one of the, great, the game's greatest pivots, and has coached the Roosters for more than two seasons at first grade level. They could also consider Penrith assistant coach Trent Barrett or another former Blues pivot, Matty Johns. League immortal Andrew Johns has coached halves at several clubs, but his contract with Manly precludes working with rival teams. Smart.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, um, in order, probably go Trent Barrett, then Fipper. Over Freddie. Yeah, then Freddie's a better player
1: than Trent Barrett. Yeah. I mean, Trent Barrett has been, you know, reputed to be a coach that could step up and take one of these first grade jobs that may be on offer. Yeah. So, does that mean he's a better coach than, than Fitler? I it's mean, Freddie, say. Freddie would be great for the fucking laughs, though. He'd be great around the club. He'd be great
2: club. to have around the club, for sure. But you think he'd
1: be sort of, you know...
2: But do you want your you know, 18-year-old halfback, you know, asking a Christmas tree out on a date? <laughs> you got it in there in the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um and yeah, so I mean you know, I think it's I think it is a good move. I think you know yeah, you know, they maybe could have used a, a halves coach this year to be perfectly honest. Um <laughs> I think just getting rid of Benji's a bit you know, is the best thing. I don't think they even need a coach. You watch things come together for the halves next well, year.
2: It's gonna be very interesting to see. Um the influence on the you know, without the Benji factor in the club, you know, just what they do next year. And, um, yep. you know, that's what I'm looking forward to now. And, um, you know, if they don't have the balls to um, to drop Benji this season, then we'll just have to fucking wait it out and then, you know, explode into it, you know, an undefeated they, Team of Destiny season next year.
1: If they don't, if they if they allow him to get to...
2: Oh, I guarantee he'll lead the team out in his 200th game and it'll all be great.
1: If they allow him to have play 200 games for their club, I'll oh, dead set rip up your membership.
2: No, you won't but at the end of the day the club is bigger than the player
1: exactly so the player needs to get dropped for being shit
2: yeah well, i i would support that if it happened yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong um but I, I just don't see it happening i don't think given the need, fact
1: that the game won't be played at uh, it won't yeah, be played at home i just don't think they need
2: any more you more l- shit storms
1: i think it would be a massive pr coup to win over disgruntled fans because he's lost... uh, He doesn't have fans fighting for him to play the 200th game. He wants... Everyone wants him dropped.
2: Not everyone. There are still people.
1: You want him dropped. And you're the staunchest fucking West Tigers fan in the world. That's
2: true. After Laurie Nichols died. I wouldn't have an issue with them dropping him because I think any player, regardless of their status in the game or past deeds for whatever club they might be playing for, should still be accountable for their actions as a professional footballer and, um, and they should be accountable for their form and they should have a general level of form as a professional um, and as someone that is paid very, very well to do what they do um, to come out every week. Even if they're fucking mailing in a performance, it should be of a, of a high standard.
1: Yeah, I actually think the opposite. I think that they, it's not the actual form. I think it's like the effort. If the form's not working, but they're busting their ass that shows that you know that they want to be there they're trying to turn around if but benji, he doesn't if he doesn't benji want to was, be there. nothing he shows, nothing he shows says he wants no. to be there
2: if benji was doing what Liam Fulton's doing yeah he he would be lauded as one of the greatest west tigers ever
1: yeah you they know, did. even
2: if his form even if he wasn't stepping and jinking and creating something from nothing and nothing from something
1: even if the season was going exactly like it exactly. is right now and if he was doing yeah.
2: what you know applying applying the same amount of effort to his game with his skill set that Liam Fulton well, it does with his. Yeah. And even if things weren't coming off, at least you'd go, you know what, that guy's having a red-hot crack.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's all
2: you fucking want. And I actually had this discussion with Nicolin last night um, after, after the game. I was all fucking pissed off and chucked a mini tantrum, et cetera. I went to bed, and she's like, wow, you're a delight. And I said, it really pisses me off. When you say stupid things to me after... No, I didn't say that.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was going to turn to fucking Robert Louis stories. <laughs> yeah, like
2: she almost had the romantic lead in Kung Fu Panda 3.
1: <laughs> are we slipping them all into that? Are we what?
2: Um, I said, it fucking shits me that I'm more invested um, in their fortunes than the players are. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Just, I don't know why I am and I know a lot of fans are the same. It's because um, you're not a shit fan. Well, that's true, but you're why, fucking staunch. That's why. Why are the players such shit fans? Shouldn't the players well, be fans you know, you know, of their club as well?
1: Yeah, and I mean, let's 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 not let's not tar all. Of them. I mean, you know, guys like Liam Fulton. You sure. know, guys okay. like Lottie. Lottie, you know, he gave a lot. I thought, and the, so um, did a lot of the kids. But yeah. fuck, there's some guys out there. siren and busted his ass for the three and a half minutes he was allowed on the fucking field.
2: And that's that's the biggest travesty of all. That you know, Anastas playing horribly, mm-hmm. but. I wouldn't say that he's not having a go. I
1: think he's. I think he's putting in. Yeah, he's trying. Yeah, he's just. I think he's just. He's, he's just, playing poorly, but he's I declined think he's having massively. A go.
2: Um, Benji's not there. No, he, he's really not. Adam Blair he's not there physically. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Blair has him, has shown signs of improvement, but he's still a long way off. Given his the money he's on.
1: Yeah, he he he's showed you know, good signs. Um, yeah, since Potter sort of got a hold of him mid-season and you know threw him in you know in the front row and you know there's, he got a couple of good performances in a row out of him. I don't think he. I think well, no, a couple. I'm being very generous. One, but it's certainly improved over what we saw last year. So
2: you know, at, at the end of the day, we've we're missing Robbie. Yep. Um, he's been replaced by Luani, um, who's very young, very experienced. Um, wants to ha- you know obviously wants to have a dig, but it all centres around Benji. Yeah, young
1: dudes jumping out of their skin, and they're playing like young guys play, like you know, yeah. with a lot of enthusiasm. They're living their dream. But it's like these, Benji used to. Well, you know, <laughs> apparently.
2: So it's it all hinges on him. Unfortunately, you know the the way you know the general feel um, that you get from watching them, it it all stems from his lack of lack of interest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Someone's, someone's shut his tweet and said, Cronulla bought so many fucking tigers they caught hash decline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, finally, the story of the week, in, in my opinion. Uh, Jeff Toovey, fucking legend. Um, Manly boss David Perry said the club's going to await the referee's report before deciding whether to contest a $10,000 fine for Jeff Toovey's explosive post-match comments. Sea Eagles officials are privately fuming they've been slugged with a breach notice when South Sydney forward Jeff Lima received only a one-week suspension for his suspicious, in quotes, leg twist on Anthony Watmo after their controversial Friday night encounter in Gosford. TV was livid with Sea. You know, we need to go blah, blah, blah. The Sea Eagles have five days to respond to the breach notice and will use that time to study the referees report, a weekly debrief on the contentious rulings from the game. Asked if the club will contest the fine, Perry said we'll look at it very closely. I'll wait for the referees report, we'll wait for all the information. We haven't received the breach notices yet, and we'll consider the facts before we determine how we'll proceed. So, Watmo claimed that he didn't question the integrity of the match officials, which he didn't, but was slugged nonetheless. According to guidelines, coaches are also prohibited from making excessive or unjustified criticisms of the adjudicators. Excessive criticism is deemed as moving beyond identifying perceived errors and making an emotional attack on match officials. I accept that emotion is, and you know, this is the fucking the sinister part behind it all. I accept that emotion is a big part of our game, but that's not an excuse for unwarranted attacks on match officials, said the NRL's head of football, Todd Greenberg. <laughs> nothing suss there there needs to be a balance between coaches expressing their opinions and their emotions and showing respect for the game and the match officials in that process and going on to say shit about you know, uh, you know, bring, you know growing the game and things like they were terms he used I mean a guy can fucking do a heel hook or a fucking knee bar on on a player who with an injured knee one week guy can squeeze fucking try and juice a guy's nutsack two, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks <laughs> Jesus Christ, and yet you know, and Toovey didn't actually question anyone's integrity or anything. He just actually showed emotion, and you know what? My, my personal opinion is, I think I agree with what he said a hundred percent. In the, I, I I love the way he said it. Fans of other clubs also said they love it as well. I mean, people disagree, basically. People were just trying to troll me, um, but generally speaking, most NRL fans support it, and I would love them just to take a bucket around Brookvale. A dollar, dollar gold coin from it from you know everyone. The fines paid because you know what in this day and age when you see coaches, uh, you know, on the merry-go-round like even Wayne Bennett, staunch guy, you know he's you know, moving around clubs and you know his merry-go-round of sacking coaches, hiring coaches and players. You know the homesickness and all that sort of shit It's fucking amazing and a beautiful thing to see someone that is just so fucking passionate yeah. about their about their club that they almost give themselves a brain aneurysm. Speaking up for what's fucking right.
2: Yeah, I think Toohey's a cock, but you know, at the end of the day, that was an emotional display and and a passionate one. And you know, if nothing else, rugby league fans first and foremost are are passionate. You know, yep. for their particular side of of the equation, and um, you know, you expect nothing less from from people that are are so intimately involved with the club as, as a coach or the players, etc. Um, to show the same amount of heart and passion uh, for that sort of cause, um, you know whether you agree with uh, with the sentiment or, or with um, you know with the decisions or, or his take on it on, on the referees' um, decisions, you still have to you know he's he's really taking. Drawn the line in the sand and said, "Okay, here's here's my take on it, mm-hmm. and
1: fucking you can have it both barrels." Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, let's face it, the journalists in the press conference as well. I mean, yeah, there's one guy sitting over on the right, yeah, and yeah, on the two of his left, yeah, he was obviously he was baiting him, like yeah. Yeah, asking him, leading stuff to keep him, you know, fired up and you know, going back to things and stuff like that. But um, man, I, I I I approve everything he said hundred percent. I would I would chip in, and I, I would I would love them to, to get ten thousand a week to see that kind of stuff because, I mean, let's face it, the fucking referees, and this round in particular, this was on Friday night when this happened, and then you look in hindsight, the more the round went on, the more t- fans of other clubs came on board because there was almost every single game where there was an absolutely horrific decision that just made people furious.
2: Yes. and including, so Including, you know, possibly
1: you should, I mean, nine imagine,
2: out of the ten Roosters tries. Well...
1: None of the roosters tries, but could you imagine? Would they have scored fifty six points if O'Donnell had been sent off? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> but um, on the
2: traveling
1: But the beautiful thing is, um, you know, as the dust has settled, and I think there's a, a potential way for uh, for Jeff Turvey to recoup uh, some of the ten thousand uh, dollars I think, and um, and he's teamed up with uh, you know good friend of the show. <laughs> You uh, know R. Kelly <laughs> to record a, to record a single, and uh, we've got uh, well we've got it here right now. So uh, it's a cover. It's a cover of um, of R. Kelly's hit song "Real Talk," and uh, so Jeff TV featuring R. Kelly. This particular remix copyright this weekend league.
2: Oh well, I think the first
3: half was sixteen. So if there are three three ties the discipline side than my team, that I'll give it away. Real talk. 10 five penalty count. It was 6-2 the first half, and my and the manly side still managed to be in front. Don't you think I got enough bullshit on my mind? Real talk. I mean, let's talk about the real turning point. Let's talk about the no try. Steve Matai, held up. Real talk. Unless I'm blind, I can see the ball on the ground. So what what was the decision? Can someone answer me that? Someone? Well, no, hang on, he said held up. Wait a minute, let me finish what I've got to say. But the the ball's on the ground. Therefore, he's not held up. So what did they get wrong? Real talk. The ball was on the ground or wasn't on the ground? You're saying the ball wasn't on the ground. I'm not saying that. Well, what do you think? Oh, come on. Come on, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But But the two blokes in the box couldn't see it. Well, they need high-definition TV, bigger ones. Real talk. So if it's held up, I can see the ball on the ground. There's got to be an investigation into this. There's got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. And they've got to be accountable for the penalty coming. And it ended up 10-5, and there's a couple of even-up ones at the end. Real talk. I mean, why aren't we meant to have the best referees for this game? Were well, they the best referees we've got? Is you tweaking? I don't get it. Oh, that's the other thing. Jeff Luna, the, the twist. I don't, that. I'm not talking about other players, but obviously, everyone knew Anthony Wattmouse knew was, was injured coming to the game. Real talk. And and now it looks like we may miss him now because of the because of that. I don't know if it was targeted or not, but it, geez, it's just suspicious. What your trifling ass! Well, well, let's talk about blokes staying down. We, we're gonna go back to the soccer now as well, are we? Is you tweaking? Every time a bloke gets a knock around near the, the head or neck, I always tell my players to stay down and wait, wait for a penalty. And then the trainers run out and tell to stay down as well and get the replays going. Real talk. It's up to the officials to make judgment calls on those things. I think today, the Manly team was pretty hardly done by The decisions just didn't seem to come our way.
0: Milton. Milton.
3: Start your car warming up and get ready to take me home.
1: Finally, some player movement. Or oh, it's not even finally. We've got a couple of guys. A bit of a newsy week, isn't it? And a lot of feedback, I guess, too. Joel ready. <laughs> I can barely say it with a straight face. South Sydney coach Michael McGuire says, Joel Reddy's experience will be valuable after signing the West Tigers outside back for the next two NRL seasons. He's played 117 NRL games for Tigers and Parramatta since making his first grade debut in 2005. And he also represented New South Wales City Origin in 2010 and 2013, which is hilarious. We have a number of young up-and-coming players in our back line, and his experience will be invaluable for them. From our discussions, he's showing the competitive drive and professionalism that we look for in our players. Good signing for the Bears.
2: I have no comment, other than to say, bunnies. Like, is there no video?
1: Who's the bunnies video guy? <laughs> well, he's like, who's their head of recruitment? It's like a George Piggins back there doing shit all night. <laughs> me, dead. But um, you know, but I have to say that Joe already. I mean, it's, it's it hasn't been meteoric, but
2: what a what not talk m- about magic underwear. I reckon there's some, you know. Not Mormons. I reckon there's some Amish people running the Rabbitohs recruitment. No technology, no TV. Though. Oh, Joel Reddy. They took one look at him and thought, well, his hair's not a million miles from Jesus. But Joel it's Reddy,
1: he's, good. He's def- he basically defies the laws of physics, the way he's managed to fall fall upwards. <laughs> that Parramatta falls one place upwards to the Tigers. And then, well, I mean, I guess the first season, you know, he felt like, you know, well, this is his first season, West Tigers, or was it last season? It was last, it was last season, wasn't it? Oh, I think so. I yeah. Can't so his last season, he fell. He fell, you know, six places up, and then um, now going up straight to the top four. Straight to the top four. <laughs> Sensational work. I mean, great, great job, Rod. Already. I mean, I don't know how he, I don't know how you did it, but um, fuck. I mean, you know, talk a lot. It's like Lottie. a
2: reverse avalanche of shit. Matt Cooper
1: has announced his retirement from the NRL. Drawing a curtain on his glittering 13 year career. Well, it's probably more like 12 years when you take the games and you know, injuries out and stuff. Maybe 12, 11 years, isn't it? 10 and um, <laughs> yeah. He's made 243 appearances for the Dragons, which is the third highest in the club's history, behind Ben Hornby and Norm Proven. I. Pff, shit. Oh, well, OK. I, I thought that Norm Proven played ages ago. He didn't play in the last like 14 years, did he? <laughs>
2: You're a fucking idiot.
1: Oh, people want to have it both ways either Beaver's a one-club player or Norm Proven can get fucked off this list. <laughs> End of story. Um, Steve Price and Chief Executive Peter Douse were there at the conference. He announced the decision in front of key members of the Dragons squad and his wife and two children at the Leagues Club. He's quote: It's a tough decision. I've been playing football since I was four. It's been a long career. I wouldn't have wanted to play for any other club but the Dragons. It's the greatest club in the world. He made his debut in the 2000 season, the team's first as a joint venture and formed, well and form part of the so-called Super Six. I don't remember them being called Super Six. Mark Gassner, Luke Bailey, Trent Barrett, Sean Timmons, and Jason Riles. Do you recall them being called the Super Six? Jason Riles is in that six.
2: Nothing fucking super about that if Jason
1: Riles is in there. Look, if it was a Fantastic Five, I'd understand, but Jason Riles is in that group. You can't call it Super Six. It's like the... It's like the Fair Five and a Half, maybe, with Jason Riles in the group. It's the Fair Five and, and the, the corpse of Jason Riles. Yeah, and he obviously got his grand final win in 2010 under Benny. highlight of his career. The club hadn't won the premiership in 30 years, and we've been so close so many times. In 2005, 2006, and 2009, he said, to finally win it was a big relief, as a lot of people were calling us chokers. Present and to do it for the club and the fans was something special. Uh, a torn peck against South last month I means he won't get the chance to leave the game on his own terms, but having made seven appearances for Australia and 13 for New South Wales, the 34 year old said he has no regrets. I've had a great career, been able to play with some of the game's best players, worked under some of the best coaches. It's sad, but I feel blessed.
2: P.S. is a sexy, sexy man.
1: He needs to lose the rat style though. Eh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. He really does. Inexplicable. Um, you're 34 home. years of age. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah.
1: Grow up, son. Unless you
2: cost your zoo, you're
1: exactly. not getting away with it. Exactly. Cost your zoo. I mean, you know, I dare you guys say some shit about his style. He'll fucking smoke you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when well, no, I we salute you, Matt Cooper. You're uh, you're certainly not a shit cunt, and uh, <laughs> and I think the Dragons are poorer for your for your departure.
2: Yes, or at least you know three games a year. <laughs> He yeah. would have played,
1: but no, he's, he's a good—he's a good player, and I certainly missed him.
2: No, he was—he was, he was uh, a great player. He was here with the ladies, but uh, certainly one of the best defensive centres of uh,
1: of recent times for the Dragons. <laughs> no, no, no—he was tops, and he played well for New South Wales as well. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Suspension news. Obviously, we know what's happening here. Jeff Lima gets one week on the sideline for a tackle on Anthony Watmo, which was questioned by Manly coach Jeff Toovey. Uh He was charged with a Grade 2 dangerous contact for applying unnecessary leg pressure on Watmo in the ninth minute of the uh, game against Manly on Friday night. Lima announced on Monday, apparently just minutes after the charge sheet was released, that he'll plead guilty to the charge and will miss Friday night's game against Canterbury alongside team Ber- uh, alongside uh, Sam Burgess, who's already sidelined through suspension. Um also, we've got uh, Ashton Sims facing a one-game ban for a Grade One careless high tackle on Ryan James, and Luke O'Donnell. If he, if they unsuccessfully challenge a Grade Three dangerous throw charge, he's going to be hit with five weeks. He's been oh, cited shit. for dumping Simona in the first half of the game on Monday night. Early guilty plea will put him out for three weeks, um, and which means he'll be out in action until the finals begin. If they fight and lose, five weeks. It's
2: pretty harsh on O'Donnell.
1: I'd say it was harsh on O'Donnell, but he's got the option for three weeks here. Hmm. And this is, I, I find it very, very similar to the T-Rex on Isaac DeGoyce one from, was it last year, early last year? He copped seven for that. Yeah. With an early guilty plea. And it was the same sort of situation where it looked, it looked ugly, the dude spun around, but landed safely. Yeah. And bounced back up and wasn't injured and didn't land on the head or nothing like that. So, you know. Well,
2: Luke O'Donnell's got a history of, of losing his damn mind on the field. I don't think that was one
1: of those occasions. Oh, I, I, I tell you, I fucking love the dude, eh? He's a, he is a dead set fucking psychopath.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't
1: look like a psychopath.
2: No, he He's looks like-, like a condom full of fucking walnuts is what he looks like. <laughs>
1: exactly. He looks he looks like someone that, you know, if he, had, if he lay in a sunbed for a couple of hours, it'd be your fucking dream man.
2: Well, he wouldn't be a million miles away. Exactly. But <laughs> fucking hell, you know, like. At the end of the day, if I went in for special cuddles and I got spear tackled in my fucking uh, with my head into the turf, it's not my idea of a great night. Just hey, you saying
1: you lay, you lay down with a caveman? and you, <laughs> you know, if, he, if he wants to take you like Drogo style, then you know you put yourself in that situation. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, he, he's he's lost his damn mind. Um, on the field many
1: times. That oh, that, time, origin, that origin yeah, was it, the best though. That all he did, yeah, it
2: was one, of my, one great. of my favorite things. That was like, like, like <laughs> complete and utter lunacy.
1: It was like Mark. It was like MG when MG lost his mind in that game yeah. where he's like elbowing people and squaring up to Wally <laughs> Wanker and that. And then you got then you got Luka Doncic coming, fucking headbutt,
2: spear tackles, Spear tackles, and throwing punches and just general just, murder. Um, oh,
1: fantastic!
2: But that particular, and you know, let's not forget, I am a Tigers fan. Um, at the end of the day, he had his—he got a little bit tangled up with his his arm around Simone's leg and yep. st- stood up, and one thing led to another. It, you know, if he had probably—if he wasn't Luke O'Donnell, he might have just, um, you know, placed him down gently. But I don't think he intentionally tried to. You know, <laughs> you look at all, look at all threw
1: him down and then stabbed him five
2: times <laughs> yeah, with a trident. Um Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that was the case. And I think fuck to get five weeks for that is a bit harsh, especially when you look at the Lima thing, which looked yeah. a deliberate and b premeditated
1: textbook jiu jitsu. Yeah, <laughs> tried to fucking throw a heel look on uh, on um, and he's, on chalk.
2: Excuse me, he's going to get one week a little bit harsh on O'Donnell
1: he should have been out for the season to be perfectly honest Lima I mean that dude once again he's got so much grub in his game and no one can act surprised because he came from the fucking the grub centre of excellence aka Melbourne Storm fucking system so (coughs) anywho they've got to Wednesday to decide I predicted O'Donnell will just take the early guilty plea rather than try and challenge it Um, I don't don't think the challenge thing worked out well for T-Rex and I think that he's got a good deal three weeks is a great deal because T Rex got seven after a guilty early guilty plea, and when it comes to that sort of shit, I don't want to be a defender of T Rex now because you know obviously he pissed off the doggies, but it definitely wasn't his go, definitely not his go. Like it is with you know someone like O'Donnell who's got you know murders on his record.
2: Well, exactly right, and T Rex is is by very by his very nature um, a fucking placid, lazy individual. Well, he's, he's John. He's would normally Coffee. The energy to turn someone upside down on he's his, his he's,
1: he's John Coffee. I just trying to help him, boss. <laughs> Take my hand, boss. Take my hand, boss. Take my hand, guys. <laughs> just trying to help you. <laughs> Where meanwhile fucking I <laughs> do just like fucking This is Spear Tackle <laughs> <laughs> Recaps, the first game on Friday Night Football at Lang Park, which I assume you are in attendance. Yes. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, 22, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 12, in front of a crowd of just under 25,000. Broncos points came through, tries to Josh Maguire, Corey Oates, Josh Hoffman and Jack Reed. Scott Prince, three from four conversions. And the Eels, tries to Ryan Morgan and Rennie Matua. Jake Mullaney, two from two.
2: Fuck, Parra, even worse live. <laughs> that <were> fucking horrible. <laughs> And we got really, really, really good seats. Yeah. And they just—it's—it's it's like watching them in ultra high definition shit. <laughs> they are fucking appalling. Um, Jared Hayne had a couple of good touches, and I was a little bit disappointed in some of the people around me. He got hurt, and he—he he, where he was sitting down, getting attention from the trainer, was literally smack bang in front of me. Yep. Um, we we're about eight rows back. Um, and the. The things people were saying to that guy, he was clearly hurt, yep. had to leave the field. Um, and they made him walk pretty much the whole circumference of the field Yeah, to get off a guy yeah. that's injured his knee. Yeah. Like, they don't know how bad it is until he gets
1: back to the sheds. Yeah, Walking an extra would 150 kill- metres on it probably isn't the best would it idea. Would kill
2: to slip him on the medicab or fucking yeah. get a little bit of assistance from another trainer? Mm-hmm. Could they cut and cost that badly? Yeah. Para? Yeah. One trainer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh Hoffman, clearly this whole Milford barber situation um you know with a lot of talk of of one or both of them going to brisbane um he's obviously there was an article in in last week's Courier mail um essentially saying, what about me
1: and I heard a rumor or saw an article today claiming that he had been offered a straight uh, as a as a swap to the dogs as part of alleviating this barber thing, and he told him no way Hoffman said, yeah, yeah, wow. Which is, you know, rightfully so. I would, think.
2: He had a great game. Um, scored a a brilliant solo try. Saved another couple, and um and was you know in everything. I thought it was one of the best games I've seen him play. And he's had some crackers. Um, I thought Brisbane, a wins a win, no doubt about that. But they really should have been a thirty point better team than Power.
1: Power or fucking hopeless. <laughs> Para fucking hopeless. What a revelation! Oh, they beat the tigers. So I can't hate on too much. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> um, the, Twitter. We got a fair bit of Twitter from tonight. Uh, Cruzy 6 It seems we've hired that. He sent this uh, before the game started. It seems we've hired the Titans fans to fill the stadium tonight. So hash Casper's family everywhere. Still got twenty five thousand. I was going to say it must. They must have come in late. Um, Queenslander twenty two. Para making Brisbane look like Melbourne. Hoffman in great form. No need for Barber. Go Broncos. And he actually put Hoffman in that, tweeted that. Uh, it's uh, at J Hoffdog. Must be Hoffman's Twitter account. Interesting. To, for those who maybe may see, want to you know, he's, profess he's, their love.
2: Maybe he isn't uh, adverse to going to the dogs. Maybe. J Hoffdog.
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds like a, an EBC name, If I've ever heard one. Mickey T, 1985. Oh, Rennie just scored. Then he tweeted, you? I think he, Glenn just jizzed himself at Suncorp.
2: Well, Rennie was looking resplendent too and scored a great try Um, and was one of the shining lights for Parramatta.
1: <laughs> Not really. So no comment on that? No. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Broncos versus Eels. Not surprised. It seems the refs have an NRL directive to ensure that all Queensland teams win to ensure at least one of them makes the eight. Well, there was never going to be any other result in that game. That's conspiracy theory for your oh. ass. Uh, Dog underscore no space. The team of destiny just sorted out a minor blip on their way to premiership glory. Good on those little Aussie battlers. Fuck, get your own material. Fuck
3: yeah. Up.
1: Eddie and Z. If we haven't
2: got enough stalkers,
1: <laughs> I don't need you jumping on the bandwagon, champ. <laughs> Eddie and It's amazing how many teams are trying to claim that team of destiny shit now. Yeah. Uh, at Eddie and it's not pretty, but we're getting it done. Prince Maguire, and Reed were great. Hoffman won't roll over and give up his fullback spot. I just, I really love the way that Hoffman's responding. Yeah. It's a perfect way. I mean, it's kind of like the opposite. To the way that someone like Milford would respond. Or Benji. And, and, and Benji, exactly. Uh, at CJ Dixon. The best part about tonight is the Broncos still think their finals chances. <laughs> LOL. Oh, yeah, he's a Parramatta fan and he's tweeting about Broncos fans after his team's just been shafted. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a ballsy so, slash yeah, very stupid
1: know. man. Okay. Next up on Friday Night Football South, Sydney Rabbitoh's 22 lost. A moral victory to the Manly Sea Eagles <laughs> ten up there at Shitsville in Central Coast never get a team of their own in front of a crowd of twenty thousand and sixty people. Uh, the Rabbits points came from tries to Chris McQueen, Nathan Merrick, Greg Inglis, Dylan Farrell, Reynolds three from four conversions, and the Sea Eagles tries to Jamie Lyon and Jorge Tafua and Jamie Lyon one from two conversions.
2: I'll let you cover the, the controversial stuff. Um, I just want to say in the whole fucking to, game. <laughs> um, where is Reynolds placed in the Daliep? Do you, do
1: you know? I don't. Know. I think he he, has he's to be he, out there. No, I think he's out of it because he's has he's kind of dropped off a little bit. I, th- I feel I feel he peaked in them in the probably the first the first kind of uh, third to you know forty percent of the season.
2: I think he's the people have probably just got used to his his exceptional level of play. Um, I think he's. This is going to sound a little bit silly, but I think he's more critical to their success than Greg Inglis. Yeah, I
1: agree. I think they might
2: might make the grand final because of Greg Inglis and his brilliance, but I don't think they can win the grand final without Reynolds at his
1: best. I think they'll make the grand final through NRL directive to ensure (laughs) that they win games that they've got no right to win.
2: Um, Just on the Lima tackle, there's a a lot of talk about the wrestling in... um, in the game, I'm not a big fan of it, um, mainly because the Tigers have never really adopted it. And um, you know, just when the West Tigers are ready to uh, revolutionise the game with attacking brilliance, um, was about the time that wrestling really started to uh, to come to prominence, and and it sort of nullified the, the Tigers' pr- probably eight or ten uh, consecutive premiership dynasty. Um, and in that time, there has we've all seen a lot of examples of of wrestling becoming too much in our game. And I'm really yet to see anything as graphic um, as that Lima tackle.
1: Yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, and I, it's mystifying to me why someone who has runs on the board, why they would be treated so leniently.
2: Let's not forget. On field like, and I, I judiciary. You would say that the fact that he has been in England... Might have counted in his favour. Then you look at Luke O'Donnell, who's also been in England. <laughs> he's no ang- one's forgotten. Angry if anything. No one's forgotten his murder.
1: Well, no, no, <laughs> he's sensational. Um, yeah, just fucking joke. Penalty count was a joke. I mean, every time it seems like South were like you know got to about their the twenty pinned in their twenty penalty, get downfield, and it's just and, uh, you know lo- of logically as it would as you know as these things go in rugby league games. You know, after having all the possession and all the penalties, eventually it was going to tell. I mean, it was amazing that Manly held out as long as they did, and the fact that they're really, they're only, the really the only momentum change wasn't actually the penalty count; they were still fighting hard against that and and winning. It was uh, one of the most ridiculous no try decisions ever seen, fucking clear as day. I mean, so many images have gone around with the ball on the ground ten centimeters past the fucking line, and you're like going. These guys have got HDTVs, unlimited replays at their disposals, slowing it down, all these angles. And that's the other thing. The angles that showed that it was on the ground in a try, how many times do you see those angles during the game? You don't, barely at all. Mm. And I mean, there's other angles as well. Like that Greg Inglis try, the first angle they show from side on, he's offside that's the last time you ever see that angle and the angle they go with when they ward the try is from 35 metres behind the play not directly behind but kind of behind and to the right a little bit where you're not looking anything laterally you're looking at you know the backs of two players and you can't see I mean it's just fucking mind-blowing the shit they've got at their disposal and they can still make these mistakes um, just I mean we've already spoke about two he so said no need to go in again he was 100% right and um, and I do, but I do feel it was like a moral victory, as has happened in the past. For example, there was a sixteen ten loss to the Storm at Brookvale Oval in two thousand and eight, and it was after that game I was like, wow, because like we couldn't beat the Storm. And then, then I was like, after that game I was like, wow, actually we've fucking got. I think we've got them. And you know, obviously the rest is history, forty nil. And I had the same feeling at the after that Brookie the the Battle of Brookvale, when all the players got suspended, and we played the Broncos in round twenty six in two thousand and eleven. And we lost like something like it was sixteen ten or you know fourteen ten or something like that. And there was basically the difference was a, a Steve Mathai try was uh, pulled back from being offside. Yet you know they had you know all their guys you know full strength Broncos at the Broncos side that was actually getting into the finals that year and making a run at it, and uh, it almost got them. And that was the same thing. So I, I, I came away with two feelings after this game. One. Fucking red hot rage, much like TV, but also to that kind of you know feeling like you know it was a bit of a moral victory, and um I think the team will take a lot out of it and uh, it'll set them up for the run home as it does in these uh, Premiership winning seasons. Twitter drew underscore Nathan Five said, uh ah, fucking Souths and their fucking leg twisting slash targeting tackles. These cunts need to be rubbed out." Here, here, Faro underscore Facts. Les Boyd and Rod Gibbs at Blue Tongue, and I just overheard him. That is a grub. <laughs> Hash, shit bloke. Tall Hayden. Dead set. In a season of bullshit crowd numbers, they just announced 20,060, being the previous record of 20,059. Hash, bullshit. <laughs> Unky D. Inglis to switch codes to soccer. Hash, take a dive. It's not fucking get me started on that either. At Baybay Bay BNC. No matter what the result tonight, this has... This has the feel of a moral victory for Manly, oh, Ash, just him. like in 08. Good on you, Bayless. I agree. Unky D, again, said uh, 17 plus Georgie B. Jr. plus two refs equals 20 on 17. Manly was outnumbered. Ash, refs in decline. I don't even think Dennis... I don't even think Dennis is a... I think he's... Isn't he a Tigers fan or something? Who? Uh, Dennis Valente. He's not a Manly fan. Oh, he takes a piss out of
2: me too much. Yeah, to I
1: Berkeley underscore Eagle. Uh, Hain and Perinara are off to the South Sheds to get their checks off Rusty, plus have their dicks sucked.
2: <laughs> Fairly graphic.
1: Incidentally, um, yeah, Shane Hain and referee South in their three-match in their three match slide. First match back. Booyah. South's get to win again. And Perinara is at Henry Perinara on Twitter if you want to send him a message. God knows I've sent him a couple over the last few days. The Ben Zed. What the fuck now, y'all? We back, baby. Glory, glory, and fuck, whoa, manly. Yes. He's been in Australia for 14 months.
2: I really find it hard to,
1: to, he's, he's a real, he's a real to promote up. anything that person says. Devonhead, even without Sergis, South still took the game by the balls when needed. <laughs> CA photo 10 Blue Tongue crowd record beaten by exactly one. I'm tipping the George Burgess bed flute has been counted as the person. A <laughs> bed flute. Toto TV.
2: <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life.
1: <laughs> Toto TV. Can't believe I'm saying this, but Manly did actually get fucked over by the refs this time. Uh, you're not, you're not Robinson Crusoe there, Toto. Refs fault. Hash real talk. He actually put on that real one. Real talk. Cruzy06, <laughs> he uh, sent us a tweet from uh, Jorge Tafua, who said, uh, "One rule I always play by: illegal illegal. If you don't get, if it don't hurt or knock you out, get up." And Cruz has actually retweeted and cc Greg Inglis's Twitter account. <laughs> Sensational. And uh, Michael, Darren, 79. That's not 150 tries for Nathan Merritt. It's 147 when you subtract the three he led in for Queensland in your origin. To be fair, Michael, I dare say that um, it's not 150 tries for Nathan Merritt. It's zero when you subtract the tries he's led in on his career as well. I mean, he barely breaks even. Next The Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 28 defeated the Canberra Raiders 16 at Canberra Stadium. Crowd just shy of 12,000 people. Doggies uh, tries to Josh Morris, Mitch Brown, Tim Laffey, and a hat-trick to Sam Parrott. I can't even say his good wingers do because Sam Parrot, uh, Trent and two from six conversions. Thanks for nothing. That would have won me a super coach game or lost actually if he had kicked his goals. Fuck, jeez. And the Raiders, 16, Shandor Earl, Anthony Milford, Josh Papali tries, Jared Croker, two from three conversions.
2: Another season-ending injury um, this time for Jack White and it's unfortunate for him to be hurt. He's been progressing really well um, for the Raiders and I think he's a real player of the future. Um, but broken leg, mm-hmm. so Not he's going to be out for quite some time. Um, all the talk of Barber moving on. Josh Morris played at fullback. Um, as a bit of a stopgap, but could it be a bit of a long-term solution there for the Bulldogs? He's got all the skills. He's fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's got good ante- anticipation for the ball, and um, yeah, showed all his skills in this game. Set up a couple of tries and score one himself. Um. Got the feeling Dogs still had another gear to go to in this game. They really just settled for doing all they had to in, in order to to get the win and, and keep
1: building on their season. But uh, they they really could have put the Raiders to the sword. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, the missed goals, obviously. You know, you add those on there and, you know, the score starts to stack up a little bit. Mm. Um, Once again, this game was marred by, you know, refereeing at the start. refereeing at the start, you know, denied...
2: Legitimate twelve point turnaround Legitimate against the 20, Raiders that exactly. you know, could have changed the course of the game. You never know. Exactly. I mean, situations. the Raiders
1: haven't been great. I mean, imagine you know could could that you know that have been the uh, uh, the demise of Ferner. Think about that. Rest fault there. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, oh, we, fuck. It's been three years coming. We know. We know, We know the real fault, the real reason why uh, why Ferner's out. Right. To let Shensy back. No. Huh. Coach killers. Who are they playing this week? Oh, fuck off. Manly. This is the first ever coach killing by forfeit. (laughs) It's like they're getting so good at killing coaches they don't even have to play them now. Now it's just like in just just trembling in fear of actually getting killed by them. That is, they just die of fright, I'd imagine, or fear or something like that. He asked. He asked to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. uh, Just just put me out of my misery before me and get here. (laughs) Okay. Twitter machine at Nismo Raiders. This is this is a very angry tweet. I've never left the game before half time. You're a bunch of useless cunts coached by a fucking monkey. See ya at Raiders Canberra. Wow. Shit fan. You don't leave before full time yeah, no matter sit what, man. you there and take your fucking medicine. have got to be staunch. Doing. Staunch. But, wow. That's the kind of emotions that, uh, that Canberra's eliciting. The Unique 180. Maybe Milford could go to the Tigers. Seems like a suitable replacement for Benchy. <laughs> yeah, but um, they're not the Brisbane Tigers, unfortunately, so it doesn't work like that. At, <coughs> at Solsey. Yep, the refs might have fucked up the first half, but the second half is all the Raiders. No Campo, no Fergo, no chance. And he went on to say further that, uh, how the hell did this Raiders side go eight and no at home this year until the Storm game? I love my team, but watching this just hurts. And we've got uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Good to get a win, even an ugly one. Need to improve heaps. Need to kick goals as well, but a win is a win. I'll take the two points. And Troy underscore 79 with the final word says, hash, bring back Neil Henry. <laughs> North, quickly they forget. Yeah. North Queensland Cowboys twenty two defeated the Gold Coast Titans ten. Up there at thirteen hundred Teeth Stadium. Twelve thousand and three was the crowd, and the points to the Cowboys was a double to Kyle Felt. Gavin Cooper got one, Glenn Hall got one. So take that put that in your in your pipe and smoke it up hopsh. and Jonathan Thurston three from four. Titans, David Mee got a try. Get it to Gordon, got a try. Caesar, one from two on the conversions.
2: Kyle Felt's really coming on fast. Um, is that like two tries a week?
1: He's pretty yeah, much two tries a week for his career, first grade career, isn't he? Khalifa, Fifi Fi low. used to play for the Cowboys. Before he fell out with Neil Henry.
2: Yeah. Who the hell is he now? Kyle Felt on the wing, carving up. <laughs> He's got no chance now. Um, Greg Bird injured his back. He was still struggling at training, even yesterday, uh, with spasms. And much like in... in you know, as we spoke about in in the Broncos-Para game with Jared Hayne, they, he's, he could barely walk. Yep. And they've, they're just, like, he's just hobbling off the field. Yep. Like, fuck. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Like, he was struggling to walk. Yeah. And they made him get, you know, walk the, whole, the entire way off the field. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think the Cowboys remain a mathematical chance, but... Um, I've just got a funny feeling they've got a little bit of a dip in them yet um, they have been playing well in recent weeks, um, beating
1: and, up on shit teams,
2: yeah fulfilling some of their promise but you know against teams that aren't of, of great significance with all due respect to the Titans it's um, until they start playing um, and convincingly beating um, a side in the top four um, there's only a few weeks left on I don't know they've got the Tigers in the last round so they'll get thumped there but um, I'm not sure who else they've got um, but they really need to, you know, convince me before I'm, you know, even if they win all their games um, and make the eight, they really need to convince me that they really are um, a genuine contender. Um, you know, they just probably haven't shown me enough. Um, certainly in this game, uh, I think they um, they had their moments of, of, you know, playing like they had been for the majority of the season, fairly poorly. Yeah. Um, but. You know, there was all those, also those moments of brilliance led by Thurston, um, you know, and helped out by his outside backs as well that, that got them the win.
1: Yep, um, and I agree. I don't think I, the, the Cowboys. I think they are more than mathematical chance. I think they keep winning. their I think they're going to make it. But you know, I just don't see them. You know, a win over the Titans isn't necessarily, uh, you know, something to crow about. And I was trying to explain to Mark. I'll, 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 I'll run it past you. He's saying like the Titans are safely in the eight at the moment, like you know, four <laughs> and against over Canberra, I think it is. But um, they're not. They might be in the top eight, but they're not a top eight team. You know what I'm saying? That's the Titans. I'm way. picking up what you're putting down. Dashing down one. Louis okay with this is funny. Okay, we have got to set it up though. Louis knocked it on like you know, bombed a try. Dashing down one says, uh, and Twitter exploded, obviously, as it does. Louis is okay with kicking a pregnant woman in the head, but shitty gets upset when he knocks on. He's a hash grub, hash cunt. At white pie, the wife-beating fuck nugget misses an easy catch. He wouldn't have missed it if it was his girlfriend's head. Hash wanker. Shunter 86. Louis knocks the ball on, and now he's disappointed with himself. (laughs) <laughs> shit human hash fuck off Louis uh, mad dog underscore no space I love it when the titans lose it warms my heart hash fold coast and he's got hash truth candy get this, fucking, this truth candy shit it's just so annoying CA photo 10 close the gap round what a shame Mrs. Louis didn't close the gap 24 years ago <laughs> Cronulla Sutherland sharks 22 stole one off the Dragons, 18 down there at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong in front of a crowd of just under 12,000 people. And the Cronulla Sharks, their points came from tries to Ben Pomeroy, Isaac DeGoyce, Bo Ryan and Andrew Fafita, Todd Kearney, three from four conversions. And the Dragons, tries to Jason Nightingale, Brett Morris with a double, Chase Stanley, three from three conversions.
2: Yeah, great spirit from the Sharkies. Uh, came from behind and, and stole a game that they probably didn't have a, good, a real right to win. Um a good confidence boost for them going into the finals. Um Todd Carney was against solid. I thought um he's quietly going about his business. He's probably only had um you know, he's he's had a really solid year. I think he's really only had the one dominant performance um to my memory, and that was against the West Tigers. Um he was far too good and single-handedly um blew the Tigers off the park in the in the first half in that game and um, but other than that, this season I think he's really just, as I said, going about his business. Um, his his kicking game's been solid. His part passing game's been fairly selective, and um, he's playing quite well. Um, just not that brilliance that we've we've seen from him, certainly in the year where he won the M in two thousand and ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten was it? Yeah, because they played the yeah, Dragons in the yeah, grand final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Nightingale filled in admirably uh, for the injured Dugan in this game, but um, it probably shows Dugan's class because I, I got the feeling that Dugan wasn't going to be outrun by Andrew Fafita to score that match-winning try. Yeah,
1: yeah. Gotta love the the, the passion of Fafita though, and like just the effort. Yeah. Imagine that kind of effort. Inject that effort into you know Benji into Marshall. The West
2: Tigers. Exactly, sure.
1: exactly. And I mean, the put-down, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people bitching about put-down. To me, at worst, at absolute worst, it was simultaneous. So there's, there can't be any problem with it. Ah, oh, look, it's a good story regardless. Yeah, yeah. So uh, unfortunate for Nightingale to be involved in that. I mean, you know, I guess if he had his time again, I think he probably could have given a bit more. But uh, there you go. Oh, he
2: probably figured he had for feet of covered for covered pace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably didn't really see the need in putting it into top gear, but it shows that, you know, in the NRL, you've you've really got to be a full
1: noise the whole time. Exactly. Okay, CA Photo 10 said, Pomeroy scores, or as I know it, a 20-point try. <laughs> ben Skinner, Gallon's try should have been awarded on account of Cray being a cat. <laughs> Hash, that bitch can slap. Drew underscore Nathan 5. I'm not watching the Sharks vs. Dragon game. If I wanted to be bored, I'd watch the Union. CA photo ten again. Uh no sorry. Lokio. Uh Ben Cray, please close the gap between your top and bottom lip. <laughs> uh, CA photo ten. Uh wow, how unhappy is Steve Price going to look in the press conference. Hash, not that anyone will be able to tell. Chapo the creator. The Hash St. George Illawarra Dugans show once again the choke is alive and well. Hash forever choking. Yeah, nah, maybe. Who is a Dragons fan? He said, oh, oh, and the Dragons lost again. When does 2014 season start? Asked the Tigers fans. <laughs> Shunter 86. That's a loss the Dragons will have to cop on the chin. Or in the case of Steve Price, upper neck just below the mouth.
2: <laughs> Shunter's on
1: fire. It's not bad this week. CA Photo 10. To lead by so much and then lose must hurt, but it'd be worse if it was a grand final. Oh, yeah, right. 1999. Choke. Uh, Dimorphic AU Fafita was all go-go gadget peptides make me a sandwich of course. yeah make me a a sandwich said why can't you let the dragons take your dog for a walk because they're retarded shits and he's gone hash dragons have the lead hash neck minute hash fucks so So, yeah, I mean, he fucked up his own punchline there. Yeah, he really me. did, but. because they can't hold a lead. That's why you're to take like, your dog for a walk. Up, 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 Cronulla. St. So Merge, you just got forfeited. <laughs> and he spelled it as F A F E A T E D. Right. Forfeited, forfeited. Really annoys me how people spell his name like F A F all yeah. the time. It's not a fucking hard name to spell. It's not a hard name it's to really spell. It's really not. Six Especially letters.
2: When, yeah. He's been called Fifi on this podcast many a time
1: many a time uh, dimorphic AU again so Cronulla proved tonight they'll trouble absolutely no one come September Hash running out of peptides and our Cruzy 06 Dragons had too much Cola in those water bottles they should have asked some of the asked some of the sharks mixed and relaxed with pep Next, the Penrith Panthers, 28, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 24, at Mount Smart Stadium. And in front of a crowd that's pretty indicative of the weekend, just under 12,000. Uh, the Penrith Panthers tries doubles to Josh Mansour, double to David Simmons and Sikamanu. Luke Walsh, 4 from 5 conversions. New Zealand Warriors, 24 points came, tries to Thomas Lulawai, Elijah Taylor, uh, Sue Matangi, Conrad Hurrell, Sean Johnson, 4 from 4.
2: Yeah, and the game was so much riding on it. They had all the all the motivation, um, given that they'd been thumped
1: mm-hmm.
2: by the Panthers earlier in the season, um, and, a, and a really rabid home crowd um, trying to, to get them over the line. The Warriors really blew it, um, albeit in an entertaining game. Um, this this game really some of the attacks, some of the hits mm-hmm. uh, was was great to watch. Um, I think the most pleasing aspect, and certainly one of the most entertaining, was. The exhibition of finishing from from the Panthers wingers, um, David Simmons and, and Josh Mansour. I think um, Simmons in particular, but that Mansour scored one that was absolutely ma- magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Simmons uh, contorted his body to get inside the uh, touching goal line to score a try at one point and then um, showed good strength and good composure to get across the line for his second. So... Um, good efforts from those guys I think um, you know Walsh probably led the team around the park fairly well um, and you know they um, whenever they really spun it wide they troubled the Warriors and mm-hmm. I think that's probably the issue for the Warriors with some of these big guys they've got you know Matangi hanging around out there and, and Vatavai Hurrell, people like that is, is their lateral movement and their ability to turn and chase I think once they um once Penrith got in behind them, I think they really struggled to turn and chase and, and stop the bleeding there. And um, it, eventually that's what led to the Panthers' win.
1: And they had that, and when they did that thing they do where they started to the mount an offence with time left. Mm. And that last set before... <laughs> the last set they had with the ball was just fucking diabolical. One of the worst things I've ever seen.
2: They had no right to lose that game. I think they led 12-0. Yeah. After yeah. 12 minutes or so. Exactly. Um, and allowed the Panthers back in. That's... You know, if they're serious about being reasonable premiership contenders, they've really got to put teams away in those situations.
1: And we've seen what they can do this season as well, when they're on their game. It just must be—you must do Matt Elliott's head in. You know, oh, to, no the performance is extracted in the middle of the season, compared to what they're, you know, what they were dealing with at the start, and then they got absolutely, you know, pounded by the Panthers, and then you know what they've been doing lately, you know, which is just just losing at home, no less. Exactly. Um, Okay, uh, what do we got here? i only got the one tweet on here. Can you believe that shit? Shanta 86, Penrith have at least met my KPIs this year. Sweet Para and Matt Elliott, 3-0 each. <laughs> So it's a fairly low bar. Yeah. Okay, Melbourne Storm 23 defeated Newcastle Knights. 10 refs fault crowd of 26,822. And the Storm points came tries to Jordan McLean, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Brian Norrie, Cooper Cronk with a field goal, Cameron Smith, three or four conversions. The Knights, their 10 points came from tries to Joseph Leilua, Aquila Uwate Pate, and uh, Kirk Gidley missed his conversions and uh, he got a penalty goal. And those missed conversions were the real you know, part of the killers for the Knights?
2: Sure, I think um, the Knights hung in there and and more than competed with the Storm. Um, they had a lot of possession early and really should have um, capitalised on that and put more points on the board whilst they had, the, you know, the, the opposition pinned down there and um, Cooper Cronk complaining about the watering down of the Steedon. In the game, I, yep. I don't doubt it was probably a legitimate issue and possibly a bit of gamesmanship um, in order to gain an advantage from um, from the Knights. But, um, you know, is the irony completely lost on Cooper Cronk? It's not like he was, you know... You know talking about people cheating.
1: I was gonna say, it's not like they uh, you know, they were guillotining him or, you know, trying to do a Kamura on him and, uh, you know, or, you know, chicken wing or grapple tackle, whatever they want to call him.
2: And let's not forget, in this very game... Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, the pulls textbook da- pulls Darius Boyd out of out of contention for the for the ball to um to score a
1: critical try. So, um, and let's just say that that incident that was should
2: have should have minimum been binned.
1: If you're showing someone, if you're showing someone rugby league, what a professional foul is. That is textbook fucking footage. Yeah, of a professional foul, and yet for whatever reason, it doesn't get bin for it. And not only that. Sets up a try, you know. Almost immediately, to rub after. Salt into the within three minutes after that, they're over for the try, which is the uh, the go ahead try. I think Storm
2: used some of their old faithful players to get their noses in front. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, but where the teams respond, would they have a level of aggression when they, um, you know, when the um, chips are down? Mm-hmm. Well, um, remains to be seen. But they're going to be tough to beat. I think they've they've got those plays um that play through the middle when they go inside outside to Slater um and then the kick back towards the post that they seem to to try and draw on yep um I just wonder if you know if teams are going to be able to um to, to weather pardon the pun but weather the early storm from Melbourne um and then you know defend those plays then you know then they're still going to have to come up with something special so they're going to be tough to beat the Storm
1: at x Andrew John X the Storm's defensive tactics are about as credible as Robert Louis's online dating profile <laughs> 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 filthy cheating guns Hash, fuck Melbourne. I think we've been responsible for a decrease in the in the language of our listeners as well. I agree. I think we're bringing, <laughs> bringing C-Bombs back into favour. Tall Hayden. Melbourne Storm complaining their balls are wet. Where's Sam Burgess to check when you need him? <laughs> JR underscore Buff. What a bunch of koalas these Storm players are. These refs do everything in their power to help these cheats. Uh, Tall Hayden again said, NRL touch, he's suffering badly from Vodafone syndrome. Can't make a fucking call. <laughs> Uh, cattle dog blue. Purple cheats, do it again. Cronkite professional foul, no sin bin. In the next 10 minutes, kicks for the winning try and field goal. And CO photo 10 uh, said, any chance of Cronk getting 10 minutes were blown when everyone's favourite bloke Fluffy started asking for it. There's probably a little bit of truth in that. We moved to Monday night footbitch. Unfortunately for Glenn, of course. Sydney Roosters, 56. Defeated the West Tigers, 14, in front of a crowd of under 8,500. And I'm told that that's generous too, like probably inflated. The uh, Roosters, 56, came tries too. Here's the fucking list. Jake Friend, Sonny Bill, uh, double to Daniel Mortimer, Daniel Tupo, Mitchell Pearce got a double, Michael Jennings got a double, Maloney 9 from 9 conversions and a penalty goal. This
2: whole Benji circus is getting embarrassing for the People's Premiers. Um, You know, there's really... As we said before, there's um, there's really no point for him to be in first grade. He's bringing nothing to the table. His performance is horrible. Um, he's lost the you know he's lost the players around him. Um, they're not responding, as is evidenced by the fact that you know with a bit of a wink and a nod, he was looking to put something through a hole and, and you know succeeding nothing but handing another try to the Roosters mm-hmm. late in the game. Um, that was very
1: similar to 2010, wasn't it? Well. Only that he didn't throw the pass then, but after yeah. that it was identical. Oh, he was forced to throw the pass back and yeah. you know, back then, but it was like the position on the field and everything. It was like it was just it was, just felt identical, didn't it? Let's not bring that up again, Nathan. Thank you very much.
2: Um, <laughs> Sorry. I think the Roosters had probably better be careful. Um, starting so slowly against it's against better opposition come finals time, um, they kicked they kicked clear fairly easily in this game, but against a better. Higher quality opposition, um, I think you know the, the tigers they tried hard and they, they toiled away, um, but you got the impression that the the roosters were creating half chances but just couldn't capitalize. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if if they get those sorts of opportunities against the better sides in the finals and they don't capitalize, it could bring about their undoing because it's going to be harder to find those points um, and kick clear of the better sides um, when, you know, the season it comes to crunch time. Um, we spoke about Loddy earlier. It's nice to see him back. He had a real dig, as did the kids in the squad. It's a shame that uh, Benji's really tainting the first-grade experience of, of guys like Simona and Nofaluma and um, Manaf and I, Sue, those sort of guys. Um, you know, when they look up and see the lack of involvement and, and you know, lack of effort... Being exhibited by a guy who's leading the team out, it can't be good for their confidence. Um, the sooner this is all over and and Benji moves on, as does as do the Tigers, uh, the better both parties will be for the experience. I think. Um, just want a quick mention of the of the Roosters forwards. Um,
1: fuck when they're on song, and they get a roll on. Yeah. It's hard. It's just it's hard to know how much to take out of it because oh, I mean, they did they did what they were they were allowed to do. I mean, West absolutely bent over and and fucking gurning themselves up with lube, and at the end, especially like down that that right hand you know defensive side, they just busted at will. And I mean, sometimes you know sometimes most of the time it wasn't like the Roosters did anything you know massively innovating. No. Lots of tries were you know came from you know the Tigers to do a decent kick. You know, they'd get them down in their 10. The line wouldn't come down in a straight line. The, you know, the, the guy, the fullback, you know, who, uh, RTS, on the night, he'd, you know, beat the first tackle, and all of a sudden, bam, 60 metres. Yeah. You know, it's just... just It made me so fucking angry to see the performance of the West Tigers. I don't even <laughs> fucking support them. And just, I oh, just... One thing, as, as, as a Manly fan, that I can say, like, I can't remember an era, even when we were going shit... Where it felt like the team wasn't trying wasn't trying or wasn't, you know, competitive. You know what I mean? It's just it's I just can't imagine.
2: Jackson playing house footy tonight as I was um at home preparing to come up here and commentating his own game and yeah. all of a sudden now into the vernacular comes Sonny Bill Williams. <laughs> He's scoring tries now <laughs> in the outbound room. Is Lockie still getting some? Yeah. Still. Every time he says it now, he'll, like, because he, he says Darren. Yeah. He's, he's on a first-name oh, okay. basis. So, so he's so, not Lockie like, anymore. No, Darren. Um, And uh, it, every time he says it, he looks up and smiles at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still got a laugh for Lockie, Dad. Um, <laughs> On the weekend, we've uh, you know, our place has got that top level. Yeah. And you come down, you've got the stairs. And, yeah. And, and you, when we were kicking up through those yeah. two trees. It's yeah. like the goalposts. Anyway, he was up the top. I was down the bottom. Full-size football. I've booted it, and I don't know if he's lost sight of it or yeah. whether it was all happening a bit fast for him. Yeah. Um. He asked me to kick it, do him, Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um. Didn't move. This ball's just fucking cannon straight into his like chest Into his yeah. side and hit his arm. Wailing. Didn't want to bar a dad. Was blowing up. No, can I want Mum. Runs inside, storms out, tells mum the whole sordid tale. Dad gets in trouble. Just, just, fucking, just trying to toughen you up for next year, buddy.
1: So he's got a bit of Ben Cray in his game at the moment, and he's to lose that before he starts playing footy.
2: <laughs> ben Cray would have died if he yeah, had a good man. hit by that ball. How dare
1: you? Just impl- imploded into it. Into it. <laughs>
2: I would have just had to pick him up, you know, with Lloyd's dog shit. I would have just uh, had to scoop up Ben Cray's remains off my lawn. (laughs) The
1: Ben Zed. Liam Fulton grows one hair follicle per hash. Tigers in decline victory. Hash eternally bald. (laughs) GT351 underscore Johns. Every time I hear Simona's name mentioned, I can hear Glenn singing. Simona. Benny27. Luke O'Donnell is the first person I've seen to have a brain aneurysm and still be standing. Real talk. Super Grover four. the Tigers in decline. know you can tackle the bloke when he's running, don't they? (laughs) Mad dog underscore no space. So many people just slagging. (laughs) Here we go. This is a good one. Mad dog underscore no space. I honestly feel sorry for Tigers fans. Fuck having to endure this shit. Hash heartbreaking. Hash soul destroying. Real talk. Gotta love Keefe. The Tigers are using a sliding defence. Good first tackle, then slides from there. O M F G, the Benzed, Benji's on fire with every cutout ball threatening to be a rooster's try. Hash vision, hash fucked my multi cunt. <laughs> what what kind of bet did you have on the Tigers? Got in that a multi. Yeah,
2: God, Because Maldi included the Tigers' victory. Give it, me a I mean,
1: you, You're on crack if you had like Roosters 1-12 to 12 or something. You're just chasing the multiply over the odds there. The again said, uh Blues coach John Kerwin has been re-diagnosed with depression after realising he has to coach Benji next season. <laughs> uh, ben Dunn, 43. I hope the Tigers' tanking pays off and they get the number one draft pick. <laughs> and he's gone hash. Team of de- decomposing. Fuck no. Uh, gotta love Keefy. Tigers' defence plan. Let him score often and destroy Maloney's kicking leg. Ash genius. <laughs> CA photo ten. Sadly, there's a little bald dude in Brisbane believing the Tigers are still in this and they can win the comp. Ash undefeated season. <laughs> um, Chapo, the creator. A little team of rooster battlers went to Allianz and beat the much more fancy Tigers team. Ash Tigers in decline. For, that's not real talk. Uh <laughs> Bay Bay BNC. The pink cheats could at least pretend they're not trying to deliver the grand final everyone was That was a definite send-off, obviously referring to LOD. Mm. And uh, your disciple, Glenn B underscore wannabe. Another classic Lottie try to even up the game in the first 15 minutes. A third of a hat-trick is better than none at all. Hash, the Glenn. I I
2: couldn't disagree with that. Couldn't disagree with that. Again, it was one of my disciples that has uh, <laughs> tweeted it.
1: Previews for round 24 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership. Kicking off Friday night football. Penrith Panthers taking on the Brisbane Broncos at Centrelink Stadium down there in Penrith. Can the Broncos um, keep their finals hopes alive? Well, let's face it. I mean, you know, they're a shit side. But, you know, once again, they seem to have a very favourable run home. You have, Playing a, another you have, team have got a bit, a bit of, of a source. soft run. I mean, you yeah, know, Penrith, they did, they did very well to win. A tougher away trip in New Zealand. Um, you know, this... Oh, I don't see why they can't win this game at home. Broncos, I think, will be more desperate. Uh, Broncos have got the look about them now where they, they believe that they can get into finals even if it's only a really mathematical situation. But... Um, I think Ben Hunt took a bit of a dip last week after having a
2: couple of really great games for the Broncos. And I just wonder if... Um, you know, if... if that was a bit of a flash in the pan those couple of good weeks. Um, they really need him firing um, and being creative, given that they, they have a general... Outside of Hoffman, in that back line, they have a, a general lack of creativity. Yep. Um, all the way through. And that unfortunately, that does include Scotty Prince. Um, so they really need to get the most out of Ben Hunt from halfback if there's any, any chance of winning this game. But... Um, In contrast, I think the Panthers' backline is far more dangerous, and I think that's why they'll probably win this game.
1: Yeah, and the Broncos, remember, I mean, they got the win, and they've been going okay of late, but uh, it was a terrible game on Friday night against the Eels, and both sides were pretty ordinary. Hmm. Um, You know, if Penders can bring that form that they took to New Zealand, if they can bring that back, then, you know, yeah, there's no reason why they can't win this game. Um, I don't think there's going to be a great deal in it. But, uh, look, you know, I'd like to tip the Panthers. I'm going to tip them. South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium. Big test for the Bulldogs. Um, pretty much full strength
2: Rabbitohs side. Um, you know, Inglis and Sutton with last week's run under their belt as well, and um, I fully expect the Rabbitohs to uh, to handle the Bulldogs fairly comfortably.
1: I think so too.
2: I think uh, their forwards are more than a match for the Bulldogs, which. Um, you know, the Bulldogs, a lot of what they do comes via their forwards, and I think South big men, will, will nullify a lot of what the Bulldogs can do, and then, um, you know, off the back of Reynolds' control, um, I, I think um, South will
1: have too many points in him for the Bulldogs. I think so. I mean, there's been a bit of a rumour going around today that Greg Inglis may have injured his knee, re-injured his knee, when he was uh, sliding knee-first into Hawaii uh, Tofu when he went to score his try there in the Manly game on Friday night. Um... If that's the case, I said I don't. I don't like to celebrate players' injury, but um, sucked. In. If that's the case, sucked in. That's what you get, and that's like you know, that's no celebration. That's just karma working its way through. Um, but at this stage, he's been named. So uh, and I did start to see tweets later in the day, sort of indicating that perhaps that was uh, a bit of wishful thinking on the part of you know, bulldog supporters, maybe that Inglis wouldn't be there. Okay, I'm going for South easily 13 plus. Um, St George Illawarra Dragons taking on the west tigers
2: both teams will be wearing a heritage strip and this game is being played at the scg um in light of the 50th anniversary of um the famous gladiators uh, photo with norm proven and arthur summons um having been taken in the grand final um both uh, drenched in mud don't think there'll be a lot of muddy warriors out there in this game um not with a great deal of confidence, I have to say, for probably the first time this season, but I, I think the West Tigers will beat the Dragons by about 30 points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, Dragons are a terrible side. Um, yes, they and, are. And when you, and when you take, take Josh Dugan out of that side, they're even worse. Yeah. Um, They've really got no decent players of note playing in their side. Uh, there's absolutely nothing to recommend them, which is why I only think they'll beat the Tigers by about 14 to 16 <laughs> points. Gold <laughs> Coast Titans are taking on the New Zealand Warriors at Skilled. This has got the potential to be the biggest uh, crowd at Skilled all season, I think. Uh, give it the Warriors. Warriors. Well, we remember that test match we went to at school, oh, you know, like, the year was before. Eden Park. Uh, uh, it was massively packed to the rafters with Kiwis. And so, you know, you, hopefully, you know, for the Warriors, I mean, they could turn this into a home game if they get along. Um, you know, Titans, gone pretty average at the moment. I mean, the only, the only blip on an otherwise unremarkable radar was uh, the win they had over the Tigers the weekend we went down there. Um, yeah, you know, Warriors, you know, they haven't been, you know, going great guns, but they have been, you know, fairly competitive in their matches and they've only lost their last couple by very small margins, I less than a try. So
2: with that in mind I think the Warriors, the outside backs will be too much for the Titans.
1: Yeah, I I think the Warriors the Warriors are just a better side, but it's just you know, what 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 head state do they come over in? Mm. That's what it comes down to because they've shown on the park what they can do to sides. They can compete with the very, very best in the competition. And the Titans aren't near that. Very true. Um, Sean Johnson showed
2: glimpses last week uh, of being somewhere near his best form. Um, and as I said, I think if, once the ball gets past the edges, um, Harrell, Vatavai, Nielsen, Rapati, those guys, will they've got too much power for the Titans. Um, as quick as their outside backs are, I think they're also... Um, Not the greatest defensively and also physically smaller. And um, I think they'll be
1: too strong for them. Okay, the North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Newcastle Knights at 1300 Teeth Stadium up there in Townsville. Shane Hayne, alert. He's refereeing this game, so don't expect anything of resembling quality. Cowboys in form at the moment. Knights aren't really going that badly either themselves, though. um, No, Knights are um, just plodding along
2: nicely. And I think um, I think the Knights might put an end to the Cowboys. Cowboys have to win all their games to make the eight, and I think this is the one that's going to trip them up.
1: Yep, it's at home though. They do play better at home. Newcastle also tend to be better at their home.
2: Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I just think the Knights competed um, long enough against the Storm last week to to show that they're more than a match for the Cowboys and and can get the job done up there.
1: Yep, I buy that. Okay, the Canberra Raiders taking on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles down there at Canberra Stadium. Sunday afternoon footy in a refrigerator. Um, (laughs) Just looking at the referees. Not unhappy. Not a bad selection of referees there, as you're going to get. So, the Raiders, obviously without Ferguson. That's key. The uh, the Raiders also.
2: Did Milford play 5-8 last week?
1: Was he named? Was he named at six? I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank He's as well. He's been named
2: at six this week. Yeah. Um, so
1: no cats here. No, I. Oh
2: fucking hell! It, Raiders are at home, but I think the Eagles will be far, far too strong.
1: And it's gonna honestly, it's gonna make the sixty odd points that the Storm did them by at home look like look like a fucking golden point extra time game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they're gonna. They're not going to leave it in the hands of the judges this week. They're not going to let the referees have any any possible... Are you going to be going down for any finals? Uh, I'll probably go down for all of them, I'd say. i will see how we go. The family commitments and other sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'd like Et to go down cetera. for a lot of them. Yeah, And uh, I'll certainly be there for the grand final day, you know, to watch Manly lift the trophy again. Uh, it's getting a bit fucking monotonous, but, you know, winning all the time. But, you know, um, Manly going to win this one, 13-plus. Uh, and the Canberras are going to sack... Andrew Dunerman, one and done as a coach. Coach killers, in effect, two for the price of one. Melbourne Storm take on a Parramatta Eels down there in Melbourne. Fucking, Fucking cricket score, this could be. Honestly, look at the side. The Raiders, the, Raiders, the, the Eels have named. Ben Roberts, a sensational, scintillating centre, has been named in 5-8 again. We know what happens there. I'm just looking at that side. Jesus Christ This is going to be 50 plus points To the Storm Easily This could be 70
2: If they can put 60 on the Raiders The Raiders could put 40 On the Eels This is going Didn't to be a s- mathematician oh. But I think they'll win By
1: 286 to nil Yeah I mean You know <laughs> Yeah I, 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 Honestly I, I fear you sound, Paramount is,
2: you sound lost for words Nathan
1: Don't, don't. Such is the Obliteration to, the eels yes Par- are going to be subjected to. Parramatta fans, do not don't watch this game. Don't watch this game, guys. Just give
2: up on life now.
1: <laughs> seriously, seriously. The only
2: way this your season could... peaked two weeks ago when you beat the people's premiers.
1: The only way that this game could get any uglier is with the Tigers instead of the Storm, instead of the Eels. Okay, now, so yeah, I'm going to say, if I can get like you know a good price for forty plus for winning <laughs> margins and stuff with the Storm, I'll jump all over that shit in the multi. Okay, and finally on a Monday night footbitch, we have. The Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Sydney Roosters at the dump. Oof. Henry Perinara is a referee, so don't get, don't get, don't put the ball down over the line in traffic. Fucking might send it upstairs and say you held up.
2: Um, I think the Roosters. I think they're uh, their attacks fairly well fine tuned, having put fifty six points on the Tigers. <laughs> um, full seven day turnaround, so the Monday night effects probably not going to. Ha- Hamper them at all? No, and, um, not at all. I think they've got way too much firepower for the Sharks. I think the Sharks will give a good account of themselves, but I think the Roosters will win one to twelve.
1: Now, as we were recording the show tonight, seven thirty report thing went on air, um, uh, tipping the bucket on some other stuff with the Sharks, hmm. talking about you know secret bank accounts, paying you know guys like Paul Gallen outside of the, the club, and you know things like that. Uh, we well, obviously we were recording the show, so we don't actually know the full contents of what's going on there. Just a quick scan of Twitter, and that is really sure. all we know. But Cronulla haven't responded especially well to these things when they're blowing up at various points through the year. So, for that reason, um, you know, among the, the ones that you mentioned as well, I think the Roosters will take this one pretty comfortably. It's full time for episode 134. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow as TWI League on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward site This Week in League. Keep hitting that like button and sharing everything up. Doing a great job. Cracked our goal of 2,000 likes for the season. So, uh, yeah, keep it coming. iTunes, we did get a new review this week, and uh, the name in question is uh. Broncos tragic at Hayes Darren. Now I don't think if if it's at Hayes Darren is the Twitter tag. I don't. I'm not sure that this person's ever tweeted us before. So um. Anyway, they said is that uh, the guy that was in Savage Garden. Is he a big more fan? Possible. I mean, geez, we're adding them up. You know, we got we got uh. You know, obviously we got yeah Matt is, is, You know. A buddy of ours, we have got Darren Hayes from Savage Garden, and you see the guys on Twitter today uh, talking to Gus from uh, Gus Wallen. Gus Wallen, massive fan, loved. He said he was thing.
2: going to listen. If you're listening, Gus,
1: hello. Welcome, welcome. Loved loved the cricket shows. You're you did a husky like the, gentleman, I'd, just like us. I, I love the cricket shows he did on Foxtel as well. You know, the Barmy Army one and then the one where he went over to India.
2: He's a fucking legend.
1: Legendary, legend.
2: self-made legend too, just quietly. Yeah, yeah. Did it all himself. We a little hope. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. With a little help from, you know, Foxtel, and Easy, you know, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> but thoroughly really deserves success, nevertheless. <laughs> Love you, work, Gussie. Don't block us on Twitter. <laughs> Um, yeah so anyway he said uh, if you love footy you'll love this five stars I've been listening to Glenn and Nate for a few seasons now and I thought I should give their podcast a long overdue thumbs up their ability to break down a game of rugby league and articulate their thoughts to listeners is awesome as a shift worker who regularly misses the TV footy shows I turn to this podcast for news and opinion and I'm ashamed to admit that my tipping has improved immeasurably Jesus must have started from pretty far back in the field Uh, they are thoroughly one eyed when it comes to supporting the leftover remnants of the highly regarded and successful Northern Eagles He's got Manly, sorry, Nate, and West, but what NRL supporter isn't? If you value informative and honest opinion and a great laugh, listen to this podcast. Should this be read out, just ignore the inevitable verbal smash you're likely to get from Nate for calling Manly the Northern Eagles. He's usually much friendlier than that.
2: No, he's not. Oh, he's, he's clearly never listened to the show. The, the,
1: the, the thing is, this, is, this is the thing. When it, comes to this, when it comes to this show, I'm the defender of the listener. And you're the person... You're the
2: Keep s- saying that.
1: You're but, the smiter. Yeah. You're the one who smites the listeners. And then I have to stick up for him.
2: Well, you know, I love our listeners, but some
1: of them are cunts. Okay. Well, there you go. Dashing Dan. And I wouldn't say, see, and I think Dan's a fantastic guy because he drinks beer and, you know, I don't think a, a, a shandy, I mean, when you, when you drink a shandy, you put lemonade into wine, into white wine.
2: I've told you that story when yeah. I went to the, yeah. when, you know, got that work trip. Yeah. And a friend of mine went, uh, and work colleague slash best mate, and I uh, went on a romantic uh <laughs> Supplier-sponsored trip to the Barossa Valley um, And stayed in little quaint B&B um, And visited numerous wineries I don't drink wine either And we, the uh, the dinner that we had was held at a winery And uh, they didn't serve anything but fucking
1: wine Given that they're a winery
2: But surely they have a bottle they're... of bourbon at the back
1: Bourbon's not wine. <laughs> <laughs> not that a- should be. <laughs>
2: um, anyway, I got drunk. I couldn't stand the taste of wine, so they put lemonade in it and then some orange juice. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> it was a fucking sordid little tale, let me tell you.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Fantasy. Yep. Well, thank you very much, uh, Har- uh, Darren. Darren Hayes. Hayes Darren. I uh, really appreciate the Keep review. Up it, was, the good it, was, work. it was a wonderful review, and thanks thanks for giving us a review after so many times. It's always good to hear like the, you know, the old school. I miss your top ten hits. It's really interesting to hear from the old school people who like have been listening for like you know years because we're in our fourth year now. coming to the end of our fourth year, so it's really good to hear from people who've been listening for years, but like they are not guys that you know like they don't, they don't tweet you or they don't Facebook, you know, thing. It's it's really um, interesting to know why you're so mute for so many years. <laughs> so yeah, let us know. Fantasy uh, our group. Bit of a shift around this week, I think. Uh, Mighty Bulldogs has gone to number one, who I lost to in uh, in Supercoach by twelve points, thanks to that fucking try with Maloney to Jennings, <laughs> I mean, or, or any of the goals that Jen- you know Maloney's got. I mean, does you know Jennings got a double and Maloney got fucking twenty points. So, I mean, really, yeah. If they had just got slightly less, if the West Tigers had of you know kept it to like you know twenty eight points against you know total for the game, would have won easy. Fuckers. Uh, Mighty Bulldogs, number one. Dane Laurie for PM, number two. Cerberus, three. Sherwood, Scorpions, fourth. MC Willie, blocked, fifth. Uh, Then we've got Greendale Goblins, Jolly, as El Ducho's Dopers, Toto's Terrors, and Lucky Punks. Tipping. This week, we've uh, separated some of the uh, logjam at the top of the table. Desi's Ducks remains on top. Six points for the round. He's 125 all up. Williams, 277, also 125. Then one point back, we have... Ben Diggity, Voodoo Rock, Boxcar Jason, and Troy Schroeder, and then one point further back on 123, we have Lynn, and then on 121, in eighth position, Big Dan, Animal NZ, on 120, in ninth, Dougie, 119, in tenth, and then also on 119, we have Bendem like Fooey Fooey, and Ozzy, 11198. In 13th place, one point further back, was uh, The Real Jedi, our former four-point leader of the table. <laughs> What's he doing? We still have a stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby calls. And instead, we actually got an order through for a hat today. Um, so, thank you very much, um, person whose name escapes me. Hayden something. Thank you very much, though. I mean, just sent the order through. It was uh, after I'd done Any the tall, notes. Tall, Hayden, would it? Possibly. If it is tall, Hayden, let us know. And we really appreciate it. Um,
2: Shame you don't do balaclavas to cover up your fucking head.
1: <sighs> See? See? <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. So I'm not doing any refute those claims am I? <laughs> No. No. Uh, now, um, and we also have limited, limited stock of the Revelation shirt left, and uh, it all has to go. So it is half price. Tigers into client shirts, obviously in the house and on their way to you guys uh, who've bought them already. Uh, see Cruzy, he jumped on, he got one today. So, um, and actually on that on that note, we officially sold out of two XL. That took all of a day. So wait
2: till sends it back and realising he needs a fourteen XL.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we've got plenty, plenty of uh, of, of small, medium, Just large cut XLs the
2: Print uh, off the shirt and stitch it on a fucking bed sheet. <laughs> Cut a hole in the top and shove it over his fucking
1: head. Once again, there you go. So um had a tweet from uh we, we sort of put it out there last week and said, Look, you know, the next shirt's gonna be the undefeated asterisk shirt. Uh, and I sort of, you know, proposed that we you know have like you know, big you know, bold text undefeated and, you know, maybe have like some sort of ribbon sort of, you know, with team sure. of destiny underneath. Um, I, I think, like where you're going with it. Yeah. And I think, and I, was, I was sort of showed you the ribbon that I was sort of thinking of, uh, before we recorded tonight and you're all good. So I think that's the way we'll proceed. But, uh, we had, uh, Erebus chaos tweet us and said, uh, I think on the undefeated asterisk shirts, you need team of destiny because you can't be undefeated yeah. and not the team of destiny.
2: Exactly. Right.
1: So team of destiny exactly is definitely right. on there. It's the undefeated asterisk team of destiny shirt coming soon. Let's say we'll have a design next week by the time we record the show. It'll be out there for you guys. And, uh, you know, these things, we can move them pretty quickly now. We've got our shit together with the t-shirt thing. So uh, we'll be able to get these bad boys out. And, uh, you know, you'll be wearing it by the finals, by the grand finals, certainly, if you're a Manly fan. Let's make it happen. All right, that's it. Um, I've got nothing, I've got nothing else to add. Me either. So in that case...
2: I can't even say, you know, all I can say is go to people's premiers.
1: And the seagulls will deliver down there in frosty Canberra. (laughs) See you next week. See ya.